Happy Halloween season, ladies and gents. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I'm joined by G from LA, and Jennifer Ross is back after about three months off. Stop saying my last name. <laughs> Listen, someone found the podcast because I said Jennifer Ross. Yeah, I know. Someone that I work with. A little embarrassing, not embarrassing, but kind of like. <laughs> a little embarrassing. Like, She's like, I'm ashamed of this damn thing. No, but I was like, oh, man. So, yeah, they actually, like, they went to, like, go look for us, look for the podcast, and then they started listening to the episode, and they heard Dave say, like, Jennifer Ross, and he's like, oh, I think this is it. I think this is the right one. See? So, so it- my, friend, my friend Justin, like, always forgets your name, even though we always say your full name. My but name? He's, really? Yeah, but he's <laughs> always like, but he's always like, oh, why isn't the girl on? Like, if you're not on, he's like, why isn't the girl on? Like, I like the girl. <laughs> like, oh, nice. I'm like, what's her name? And he's like, oh, oh, no. The girl. <laughs> You, that's all to, you need to know, the girl. I seem to have a posse. Girl. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, sometimes you just need like female energy, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I love Jennifer Ross on the on the show. We, we've missed her the last few weeks. No, no like last I, week I died. Was things, like when when you like would kind of pop on every now and then, I was like, why is she just on permanently? <laughs> like it's funny. Last week when we were doing our Boy Meets World episode, she even though she wasn't feeling well, she still chimed in with her facts. Oh Guys. yeah, she was there in spirit via our cell phones. Guys, I was really hungover. I'll be honest. I'm glad you came out and admitted that. I Oh yeah, yeah. Dave didn't want to quite say what was going on I'll during the episode. I'll say it. I'm living in I've been living in shame ever since. I didn't do anything bad. I just like really <laughs> don't remember anything. <laughs> so I guess that's enough. Oh yeah, let's, but, let's just leave it there. Yeah. I had a lot of tequila and two oh, what kind of tequila? She doesn't know. White well, white tequila? Is that uh, okay. <laughs> were you just you were just drinking the well? That's gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess whatever they gave us. So first they gave us like shots, right? And then after that, the bartender was like, "I can't give you shots anymore. Um, you need to have it in like ice." So she like had it watered down, but like she gave it to us in like a regular glass, so like a whiskey glass almost. So it was like the shot was probably like two shots alone. And here I am, just like having my two Pinot Grigios and sipping along on tequila. Bad idea. And then later wait, wait, on... you mix you mix Pinot Grigio and tequila? Yeah, I did. That oh was, no, I'll, I'll top. Poor life I'll top it. So and I'm, then... I I don't drink, but I love smoking Cubans. So cigars, uh, not people. <laughs> people get I, smoking out cigars. Smoking so, out Cubans. Some people might not know. So. Uh, <laughs> Friend of the show, Ryan, he's the one that got married. So he is like, oh, Dave, do you want to smoke a cigar? And I'm like, all right, cool, cool. So we're all just hanging out outside smoking. And Jen comes out. And she's like, let me get a puff. And I'm like, you don't want to mix this. Like, this is not a good idea. Yeah, I'll make you sick. But at this point, I wasn't listening. And she decides to mix it. and I mixed it. And boy, did I mix it. Suffice it to say, I'll be honest, because we're being real here. I woke up still clothed fully in exactly what i went to the wedding in this is the worst For night's shame. sleep i've had in months you know why g because she decided to <laughs> fucking pass out on top of the sheets and i couldn't get the sheets over me i was dead weight Ugh. um so i died like i really died and, and then and, i was dead all day and, and I to, add to go to, bridesmaid dress shopping and if we're if we're being blunt <sighs> and being honest here jen lost her car keys and i searched for about an hour and a half for them all i had to get security to open back the hall to make sure i to look for the, her bag which had her license, her credit card, her debit card, and the car keys. And um, I drove around looking for my drunk friend, Chris Chin, friend of the show. But that wasn't my fault. I'm not done yet. Um, gee, do you know where the? Do you want to know where the keys ended up being? Where were they? Under the bed of the bridal suite. Oh, it's a rough. It was a rough day. 
So like so question since you since you don't drink are you like do you get more annoyed when someone gets like that are you just are you um, standing I, up, up I'm usually okay because all my friends drink so it's not a big deal Uh I was okay I was irritated a little but then when I when she couldn't when I when I was like babe give me your car keys and oh, oh. I understand that and <laughs> as soon as she said that that's when, like, my love. It's ironically, my buddies told me that I I handled it a lot better than anyone would have expected. I didn't raise my voice. I didn't lose my temper. I was just it was bottling he wasn't inside. David. Yeah, it's true. I Actually. was just like, you know what the thing is? I was just I felt like it was like a surreal moment. I'm like, Steve. this is this really happening? Like, did she really not? Someone the most like, how how do I put it? She's anyway. She's I got the drunk. most. She's the most organized person i know and for her to lose her goddamn car keys and her license and her credit and the debit card i was just like i was more in shock that it was her out of anybody and Guys, um, I let loose oh but it like was, too loose and it was even better because we didn't have Without keys to the hotel to. because our buddy chris chin had the keys to the hotel because he uh checked in before we got there um so we i thought he'd lost we lost him because he's he's one of those that when he gets drunk he goes off like on his own, yeah. And he's been he was saying the whole night he wanted McDonald's. So, oh, dude. oh my god, I always leave for food. I I I, I, I Irish exit every time for food. Like I I won't tell <laughs> anyone know, I'm leaving. I learned what that was the <laughs> other day at work. Actually, I've never heard of that. And so we so call it like... I, we call it the Irish exit or Irish goodbye. There's also it's also called the shady bounce if you don't tell anyone you're leaving. Yeah, or you tell people like, oh, I'm going to the bathroom, but you go to the bathroom, but then you like sneak out the back door. Oh, oh my god! So that's you don't so want to deal with like, because you don't want to deal with like people like it has nothing to do with people that don't drink. It's people that do drink. So like, you don't tell anyone that you're leaving because if you tell them, they're like, "No, I'm gonna buy you another drink. Well, I'll buy you a shot." Like you don't want anything else. Like you're done. And instead of being an adult and telling them that you don't want anything else, you know they're not gonna listen to you. So you're just like, "All right, I'm Chris, gonna go to the bathroom." Christian didn't listen. To Christian you. called. <laughs> Christian called it the Batman. You know how Batman. Uh, that's also good. So, like, the funny thing is, so me and Alex, um, buddy of mine, we went to get his car keys to, um, I think he had to get some stuff for me or whatever. So when we come back, he's gone. So me and the and the bride end up driving around looking for him. Gee, he, he was in the room the whole time, passed out. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that was our night. And that's why Jenny wasn't on last week. But we had some good feedback on our Boy Meets World episode. So that's, yeah. that's always good. Uh, this week kicks off our Halloween franchise look. We're going to look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I decided to put both of these together because uh, is there really much to say about Texas Chainsaw after the first two, maybe, and the remake? I don't think <laughs> there's not really much to say. So <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, I think we're going to dive in pretty pretty deep. So, But before we get into that, let's look at some news and notes of the week. Uh, it was premiere week. Um, the Goldbergs was awesome. I think that's the only... ABC show I'm, I get hype for now. I can't. I don't get into anything on ABC. And then I think that's the only thing that I saw that was new this week. <laughs> that's the only thing I watched. Oh wait, wait, wait! <laughs> lies, lies, and fairy tales. You know how you and me are still, even though it's garbage, we still watch Empire. Oh wait, so I watched it. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was. I mean, did you I... think it was bad? All right. So, so they skipped ahead. They like skipped ahead. Like. Like you, it, it was like, the time jump thing. It was like poor man's Breaking Bad. That's how I felt when I was watching it. Like the, when they started the time jump, and I'm like, 
Well, I guess. But, like, the acting's still so good. And that's a crazy thing, that the show could be so over the top with the acting. Because... We, I don't think me and you have ever knocked the show for the performances. I think everyone. No, 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 no. They're still like they, they're still very passionate about you know, even when the scripts are bad. Like I give like Terrence Howard and Taraji Hinton, like Hinton, like credit for like they try to make it work, and like for the most part, I think they do make what they're given work. Um, it's just like what they're given is just like such a soap opera. Do we like, know? Like, whose contract expires because I don't think they know who's in the casket. Oh, uh, I don't think they know either. Cause I'm thinking whoever's contract is over or doesn't want to come back. By the way. So I think the main, by the way, the main people on that show are contracted through season six. So we're in season five right now. Okay. So it's not going to be cookie or Jamal. No, or... no, no. Oh. So like she's, she's signed on through season six. I don't think Taraji will, uh, I think, it, Oh, wait. So if, if she doesn't sign on beyond season six and she's like, I'm done. I don't want to do the show anymore. Can they do the show still without her? Uh, no. Would, would you will. even still, would you even still hate watch empire without her? No, because I think she's so good on it that I watch because of her just seeing her, her. over the top. She is. And she's such a great actress. That's the reason I watch. And I love this train wreck. And I, I, I think I watch now to see how ridiculous it gets. Yeah. Like after after uh, Boo Boo Kitty died and the way she died, I was dying laughing the way she died in season five or four or whatever the fuck we're on now. So outside of that, I didn't see anything. But I knew you and Jen talked about a show this week. Uh, my mom, my mom says Star was good. I, I don't watch it, but my mom says Star was. Excellent. I give your mom so much credit because she <laughs> like she sticks in there even though they're not like they're not good. Yeah. Um, but I watched uh, I watched a few shows. There will be reviews up. Uh, this week, but I watched Manifest. I saw that uh, too. Which was, I actually liked, even though I thought, like, I said in my review, I think the central, like, mystery is good. Like, it's enough to keep me watching it. Yeah. But I don't, the characters aren't that strong. Yeah, not uh, yet. Not after, like, the first episode. But, like, I just feel like I don't know how. I can see like it's they're kind, they're for a season, but, like, I don't know how much further it can go. But Right, exactly. I like like I like it's one of those things like I talked about in my review where it's like there's like a lot of shows that have like a hook to get you to watch or it's like a it seems like a one season like idea that they can stretch out they try to stretch out for like a few years I don't know how they're gonna stretch this out um, I have ideas of like about what's going on it seems like they're trying to tie in like uh, I actually read the Hollywood Reporter's review and they said that like it feels like the show is gonna deal with like religion and all that stuff too. Um, and then another review I read was like, oh, what if it's aliens? I don't think it's aliens. Um, but there's a lot going on on the show where I, I can't really tell where it's going, but I'm intrigued enough to watch again. Well, it almost it seems like had it a, could had... be alien-like towards the end. But I actually, actually, I actually got the whole Christian thing, too. They were trying to say that, like, maybe, like, that a lot of people were trying to say, like, there's like, a higher power. And now they have, like, this, like, ability to, like, see things and, you know. Because of what happened on the plane, yeah. but um, I, you know, I thought it was good, and it was actually the um, NBC can claim bragging race this week because like they had the best week ratings wise on all the networks, and uh, Manifest actually premiered very strong. It actually uh, they use they always use the voice as a lead in for their shows, but it actually like outperformed the voice. It actually had bigger ratings than the voice. Nice. What? So that's a that's a good sign. Usually. What else did you guys see? Um, I watched a million little things. 
as well. Uh, oh, I did. I saw that. Um, not the way I saw it going. When I yeah, saw it. like so yeah okay. so like um, I was it's, like oh so it's a it's a network show about uh there it's basically ABC is trying to do like their version of This Is Us basically. And brothers and sisters, because I felt like sisters, I got a little yeah, like yeah. brothers and sisters vibe, a kind of like you know like the typical friend show. What was that other show that's on Netflix that I don't think it did very well with the friends with uh, Colby Smothers and um, oh uh, uh, with uh, no uh, not Keegan Michael, uh, uh, Keegan Michael, uh friends from, from college. Yeah, they actually got renewed too. Okay, so I saw uh, that. But yeah, and similar I to that. Yeah, liked it, but it seemed like this was the vibe I was going. But like, it almost reminded me of Brothers and Sisters, but only with friends. Yeah. So um, nothing, nothing makes you want to watch the show more with the premise like, so their best friend commits suicide, and <laughs> and then that's where we go from there. Uh, but like, I didn't see that happening, and then I was like, oh snap! And then did you see what happened at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That little yeah. twist. I was like, damn. That's so, like, cold. what I got from it, because, like, we've talked about it off the line, I think. We talked about, like, what they call, like, trauma porn, right? Where it's, like, things that just, like, <laughs> like they try to tug at your heartstrings just because, and there's no, like, real, like, uh, there's no real story behind it, but they, everyone's trying to make just, every show or movie is just trying to make you cry week after week. Yeah. Uh, I kind of thought that this was going to go that route a little bit. And occasionally, I feel like it kind of did, but the reason I'm going to watch it again is because I think the cast is really good. I think they feel like friends. And so yes. if you're going to watch a show where it's a group of friends, like, are coming together because of some tragic event, like, I have to, like, believe that you guys are friends, and, like, I actually believe that they're friends. So what drew me was, right, like, I was on Hulu, and I was looking, and then, no, no, lies. I have so I have the Amazon Fire Stick. So on the thing, I had seen like the show prop up, and I'm like, oh look, it's James Roday from Psych. And I was like, interesting. So then I look and I look at the cast, and I'm like, oh look, it's Romani, uh, Romani, I think is how you say it, Romani Malco. And I loved him in Weeds. I mean, he wasn't on it too long, and then obviously like all the other stuff he's done. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So then I was like, oh, let me see. So I decided to watch it, and it's very different for both of them these roles from what they've done before like they're so used to comedies i think yeah yeah so it's like sort of like a complete like uh fun comedy. fact the guy who created the show is a comedic writer he mostly mostly has written comedies oh. uh, so like it's kind of interesting that he's running like a really i mean there was still funny stuff on the show like just their interactions were funny but you're you're, st you're still dealing with like a heavy-handed subject matter um it did okay in the ratings. It didn't do great, but it, it's also airing at ten o'clock on like a what Wednesday? Is it Wednesday? That's a really hard time slot for you. So ABC. it's a it's a hard time slot, and like it, Wait, it was it took over where Designate Survivor. Yeah, I was about to aired. ask you. Right. I even so like say... it like it. So it's a hard time slot, and it's a hard it's a hard subject matter. I and you know like even shows that didn't do great this week, you're uh, the story's going to change once you get like DVR numbers. They come out tomorrow or the next day. So it's uh, it'll be a different story as far as what did well and what didn't do do great. I know what did not do great. Uh, Murphy Brown did not do great. I haven't seen uh, it yet. Did you watch it? I did watch it. It's it's it feels very dated. Really? Like it doesn't so... feel like they're even though they said they were trying to like update it for like the current news cycle, it feels very dated. Oh, 
I mean, the I, jokes, I the jokes kind of fall flat. And like, I was worried because I went on Rotten Tomatoes and it has like a twenty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, so this uh, might be a one season thing. I think so. And like, the ratings were that great either. It was the lowest rated comedy of the night. And like, with you know, with uh, the kind of brand recognition it has, like you would expect it to do better. But then I was actually told by someone that Murphy Brown never really did great in syndication. Only one season's out on DVD. And like it's it feels like a show that was like of its time and they don't I don't they weren't really sure why they decided to bring it back now. Like I know there's a lot of like remakes and all that stuff and like reboots. But like usually reboots come from shows that are still fairly popular. Like Rolling Grace was still very popular in syndication and all that stuff. So it made sense to bring it back. But like Murphy Brown, I guess, was never that popular after it went off the air. And if Jenny didn't watch it, you know it's not popular because she watches. I, I thought you'd be I, all over. I thought you'd be all over that premiere. I only saw like a few episodes, like here and there. I mean, I could probably like if I if I was able to get like the old episodes, I could probably binge it now and see like how I you know how I feel about it. Yeah. But um, I mean, I like Candace Bergen, but like I didn't you know there was nothing there that ever really drew me to it. But also like if it really wasn't in syndication that much as a kid, I probably then didn't really see it. Because what I really oh, was more uh, exposed to were the things that were, like, always there. Like, designing women. Right, right, right. Exactly. Like, and they're bringing that back, too. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, they're doing it because it's supposed to be, like, it, uh, what is it? Like, the family of the sugar bakers. Right, 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 right. And so I mean, they're, they're, calling it, they're calling it a sequel more than a reboot. So they're kind of like redesigning women? Read it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, oh. oh, and my, my, uh, my mom just texted me and would like to point out. That she loves her uh, Chicago Wednesdays, so she they <laughs> they put they put they put all of the Chicago shows on one night, so it's Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, and Chicago PD all air on the same night now, back to back to back. On the night and, of Empire and Start, your mom is like yeah. loving Wednesdays. I know. So she, I was like, "What do you watch live?" She's like, "Well, I gotta support my people, so I watch Empire live and Star live." <laughs> and then I and then she records. Uh, the Chicago shows, but she loves that like you know, Chicago. She loves Chicago Wednesdays. Nice. I only watch PD. I hate procedural shows, but I love Chicago PD. It's funny, like I love the actual like idea of it, but I can't get into procedural shows either. I'm not a fan at all. Um, to finish up the TV news, did I still we... haven't watched Grey's Anatomy either? And it's it was okay. a two hour premiere. Two hour, yeah, it's way too long. It doesn't way even be two hours. Long. Oh, no. how how to get away? How to get away with murder was great too, by the way. And do you know who's on it, G? Now, oh, guess who's a new doctor? Uh, Luke. Katie Cassidy. No, Luke <laughs> from the OC. <laughs> oh, uh, Chris Carmack. Yeah, because now Nashville's done, so he's free. So he's got time. What's up with all the? Where the fuck are you at, Adam Brody? Why is everyone else from the OC getting work and you're not? That's true, because doesn't Leigh Meester have a new show? Yeah, she's no, on. Oh, Rachel okay. Wilson. That's Sorry, show. that's who I meant. No, but I, like, I was thinking uh, of his wife. I know. I watched. Uh, yeah, she's not on the OC, but she was on Gossip Girl. I watched Single Parents too, which was also funny. It was really funny. I thought it kind of fits in with like the normal like wheelhouse of like ABC family comedies, but it was. Are they all it, on this? Are they all on the same night? Like Goldberg, Modern Family. Yeah, no. Wednesday. Wednesday is a crowded fucking night. What? Because I always DVR the Goldbergs. I never watch it live. Is that the kickoff? Is that the 8 o'clock? Or is that... So, they... yeah, it starts with the Goldbergs. And then uh, it used to be the middle Goldbergs, I think. And then Modern Family. And then Speechless was in there somewhere. 
but they moved Speechless and Fresh Off the Boat to Friday because they're promoting a new TGIF, um, which is not going to work. It's not. So my problem with the way so they're they're the promos are funny. They're like they're promoting TGIF and then bringing back like they like they did a promo with like Danielle Official and like uh, Reginald uh, Vale Johnson from like Family Matters to kind of like he's still promote. alive. Yes, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. He was on Mike and Molly. Yeah, he's alive. Um, so they're doing it to kind of promote a new TGIF, but like none of those shows, like Fresh Off the Boat and Speechless, they don't really feel like TGIF shows. Like they're not no, traditional sitcoms. So like, I don't think it's gonna work. I mean, they're gonna but give you it know what did work on Friday? Fucking Last Man Standing actually did really well on Fox on Friday. It's crazy that because it's only gonna be on. It's only gonna be on Fridays for a year. I know, but it, uh, yeah, I, yeah, because of what wrestling? wrestling's coming in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what, it what had did it get? The, the premiere numbers for Last Man Standing were the best numbers it's ever gotten, even on ABC. What what was the rating? I'm curious. It got a it got a 1.8 demo rating, which is good on any night, but really good on a Friday. Oh, w, I, WWE will top that. It'll get over two a week, which is. And I heard good. they took digs at ABC, right? In the beginning. Yeah. They, I did. I watched it. I'm no, so I, I only watched it out of like because I never watched Last Man Standing when it was on ABC. Oh no, I liked it. I I mean, you know, obviously there were he's a Republican and there's all is those he really? Things. Yeah, on the show he's like a hardcore. No, does that make you hate life? Buzz Lightyear? Does that make you not like Buzz Lightyear? No. <laughs> so Buzz Lightyear is a Republican? No, I yeah. actually just like I don't even asso- like I don't associate it the same way because he's got his rights to the. Yeah, like to like what we opinion. want. And I can watch other people's things but the show like, is without getting very... mad. But the show is and let's good. Talk, it's and funny. Let's, let's talk about why ABC canceled it. ABC, everyone wants, there's all these conspiracy theories. They're like, oh, ABC canceled it because he's a Republican. He's outspoken. No, ABC canceled it because like any show, when it's been on for like four or five years, they become more expensive. Yeah, and yeah. Tim Allen, even though he's Tim Allen, commands like a really big paycheck. If you're on a weekly on a show like that. It does. And, yeah. like, if you're on a show like that and it's been on for five years, it becomes just more expensive to produce. So, like, ABC had to make a choice and was, like, they... And they didn't own it. It wasn't owned by the, by the network. So, like, that's why Fox was able to, like, grab it as easily as they did because it's owned by them and it's licensed out to, like, uh, ABC. So, like, they weren't... They didn't own the show. They weren't making a ton of money on the show. The mo- longer it went on, it was becoming more and more expensive to produce, and that's why they let it go. It had really nothing to do with him. They tried to make it about like, oh, you canceled it because he's like an outspoken Republican, like he supported Trump, and blah blah blah. That's not why they canceled. It. Speaking of Tim Allen, did you? Yeah, see... if they really didn't want him, they would have never aired the show. They would have. The they wouldn't have anyway. kept doing it. They knew he was a Republican. Yeah. When they, like, they, yeah. yeah when like, they hired him, they knew what was going on. Yeah, and they <laughs> they renewed it as much as they could. And until it wasn't feasible for them to keep it because they didn't own it. Now, it makes me wonder why most networks don't want to like I, they, they, that's kind of changed this season. Most of the new shows are owned by the network. And I think that's why they're like they're trying to change that. That's what happened with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is Fox didn't own it. It wasn't getting great numbers on Fox. It was getting good DVR numbers, but not great live numbers. So that's why Fox canceled it. And the reason why NBC picked it up is because. They actually own the rights to Brooklyn Nine Nine, so they were able to like, and they didn't pick it up back in the day because it was so similar to like The Office and Parks and Rec, and like they were like, oh, we can't like have another show like that. And with the passage of time, though, there's no shows like that on the air, 
on on their network, so they were able to pick it up easily. And they still think there's money to be made from it. So like, yeah, when the show when the network doesn't own a show, it's easy for them to like let it go. Yeah. Um. So moving on from that, the uh, last bit of TV news. Did you guys see American Horror Story? I did. I did. We got our witches. The witches are the witches. So I was are like, back. I was <laughs> like, why is there? Because I didn't see Coven, so I'm watching this. And it was a better episode than the like, second. You're like, why is Sarah? Why is Sarah? Why is she here twice? Like, fierce, fierce hair, <laughs> fierce long hair. Now, <laughs> it was good though. I, I, I think they're finally getting into that full-on crossover with Murder House. And so, what I think yeah. it was like when, like, uh, what's his name? Michael Landon. Landon. Yeah, yeah, Landon. yeah. yeah. Not Michael Landon from House Little House of Prairie, but uh, Little House of Prairie. Yeah. <laughs> what but, was that, what's the other show? What was that other show he was on? Was it Highway to Heaven? I think so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. And which I think actually they have the complete series at Best Buy. But oh, uh, my... fun fact. So <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I never saw it. I was never one for like Little House on the Prairie and that. I feel like but, your mom would be all about that show. You know, I'm not sure, but I feel like not Little House, but maybe Highway to Heaven. Oh, fun facts about moms. My mom's like, uh, why don't we talk about... Because my mom actually listened. I had no idea that she listens to this. She oh. told me that she listened to it. Uh, she was like, how come you guys don't talk about GH? I was like, why are we talking about General Hospital? <laughs> we don't. It's on a soap opera podcast. And she's well, like, it's on TV. <laughs> if we bring Ryan on, Ryan right. can talk about General Hospital it. and give us a weekly recap for your mom. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so... When he, like, was confronting Billy Lord's character, I forgot her name now, but confronting, and he's like, oh, I thought I destroyed them all and whatever, I was pretty sure, I, like, I was like, I have a feeling that maybe she's either, like, a demon or there's, like, a witch or something inside of her. And then, like, the ending, right, they're like, we gotta go get our sisters or something, and then they wake up the three of them, so I'm like, that's what it is, like, they're part of, either there's somebody that was from the show that died and went got like reincarnated into them or they're like new sisters that we just never saw in that part of that season so my my buddy justin's been waiting for like he was like uh all i care about is the coven witches just bring the coven witches back so at the end of like the last episode he was like ah the coven witches are back <laughs> i was like so like you're like excited to watch it now he's like yeah yeah, yeah I'm, all, I'm all in now seven episodes to go so I know, right? Yeah, I know, I know. And it, you know, it's not. I think like the because I watched. You know, I didn't watch it last week when you talked about the second ep- like episode that aired, and you weren't that like hyped on it. I wasn't that hyped on it either. Like the end, but I, I get it now. I get it now. But so I want to make sure that I I assumed right. Who he's talking about at the end is Jessica Lang, right? Like the person that, that was there for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's that's kind of where I I took that. So to. she she makes her comeback, I guess, in episode six. Okay. Old, yeah. Uh, also, it's an episode directed by Sarah Paulson too. Um, I hope it's not just a one-off for her because they kind of hyped it up that she's coming back. I hope it's like she's on the rest of the season. But yeah, she comes by episode six. And I do like that. There, it seems like they're taking their time instead of just because American Horror Story has the terrible reputation of blowing their load so quick so i like that they're yeah yeah literally yeah. building the story that's why we all that's why we always end up hitting it by the end by the end yeah and then uh to f- finish up the bit of news uh what do you see this week did you see any movies this week i heard you, you i saw a simple favorite for the, like the 13th time 
I saw Simple Favor for the third time. So we haven't talked about Simple Favor on the podcast. Oh, yeah, because like, we, been we like just off saw it. Uh, and you guys have finally saw it. So and now I you can did. actually tell the people that you how you felt about it. I didn't love it, but I really liked it. Okay. I think, you know what the thing is? I like, thought you were going to hate it. I actually thought you were really? not going to like No, no. I like Gossip Girl, man. I figured well, I'd like Well, like, my, 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 my uh, main thing, even though it's getting good word of mouth and people seem to like it, the people that I know that didn't like it didn't like that it was funny. They were thrown off by, like, the, the comedy no, I was okay in it. With it. I actually didn't think it was, it was funny, but it wasn't that funny. But it like there's way more comedy in it than uh, any thriller should probably. Have. I was watching that movie and, and then Jen's like, "Oh, Anna Kendrick's so annoying." I'm like, "That's you!" And like, whoa, whoa, years. whoa! You thought Anna Kendrick was annoying? Jen? No, I didn't say she was annoying. I said, <laughs> no, I didn't say that. You're, no, you're... It, she's definitely me. Uh, <laughs> but no, I didn't say she was annoying. I just said I wasn't like normally like in all her other movies. I liked her a little better in all those other movies than here. She wasn't bad, but that was the character that she had to play. So she was a little like I just found her a little too like like nosy well, I, in a way. Like I, got, I don't I know, got the but that was the character. They, so like, right, I got the impression that they played up her like quirkiness a bit to kind of yeah. like counterbalance her with Blake Lively's character, like to show how different they were. Right. Uh, BT, and, BT dub Jen throughout the movie. She's like. I don't know if people heard her, but she said it loud enough. She's like, I'm going to be president of the PTA. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that scene where they're talking about like signing up for stuff, and then she's talking about her helium tank, and they were like, you actually own a helium tank? She's <laughs> like, yeah, everyone owns a helium tank. And she's like, what are you, a bad parent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, who uh, doesn't? And if uh, not, you can get yeah. it at Party City for a rental. Yeah, yeah. Just um, but um, I think... Uh, a really good showing for Blake Lively, more than Anna Kendrick, I think. I think Blake Lively kind of was the movie, even I though she isn't that. She's in it, not in it as much as her, but like she, in her scenes, she owns it. I kind of see that, like I guess the reason I didn't love it and I liked it a lot was more because the movie was full of twists, and I'm not going to get into the actual twist, but you kind of see most of them coming. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but most of them you can kind of read ahead of time. Yeah. So. I never believed that first thing that happened. I like not even once, and I was like, "Oh, there's, this is happening for a reason." You're so, like, "There's something going on." Yeah, and then that, uh, then the final reveal. I was like, "Yep, that saw that coming too." So I guess that's probably my biggest uh, issue. Jim, you have a, you have your moment to talk about how great Blake Lively looks in all her outfits. Um, like <laughs> they dressed her so well in this movie. Everything was like a different pantsuit. Or like she's showing up at the cemetery and she's like half boob out, but it like yeah, looks yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like that's not an outfit you would wear there, but like only she could wear it. And then like every oh. <laughs> Louboutin that she had on, I wish I had I wish I had that closet. I was like, when Anna Kendrick's character was taking away all her stuff from the closet, I was like, You fool. I was like, You get all that <laughs> shit tailored. Like you get it tailored to fit, like, you. So it fit you. <laughs> I was like, Why are you wearing these cat sweaters and things? And like meanwhile, like you could be wearing all of this fashion. Like it was whoever uh did the costume design, I I mean well, I don't think uh, they're getting Paul, a nomination, but Paul like it was like really, that. really good. Apparently, Paul Feig is like he's like like attention to detail, like is his big thing. So well, he like, is, and he's uh, very Blake, into Blake Lively said that Blake Lively said that like the only director she's ever worked with that actually directs in like a full like pinstripe suit. suit. Yeah, because he yeah, okay. he is <laughs> like, on yeah, like, point. 
he like always like best of the nines when he comes to work. Well, when and you saw him in like for Ghostbusters, he was always in a suit. He was always in a suit, like any promotion and like anything. Like he was always like. I just remember up. him from, from uh, Camp Nowhere. Oh yeah, yeah, very different. I I had no idea that he created Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Oh my buddy. Uh, like, I doubt he was in a pinstripe suit then, but. And 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 fun fact about Paul Feig: all of his movies are certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Wait, Ghostbusters oh, is certified? I thought it was just fresh. Yeah, it's seven. It's like seventy-two or something around there. It's in the seventies. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good. But like all his movies are certified fresh. I I do like his stuff. Like I'm not a Melissa McCarthy fan, and I love Spy. I think Spy is so. Yeah, fun. and you know what? you know I kind of wrote in the review about like how like that someone made a comment that uh, I think it was Variety that said that like, he should be the only director that directs women. Like there's something like he seems to have like a really good sensibility about what makes a lot of these women work in movies. Yeah. Like, he got to, like, kind of get the best out of, like, the people he's working with. Nice. That's true. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, he's really top-notch on that. By the way, uh, so we're talking about the way Blake Lively looks in the movie. Uh, every time I've seen it, there's been some kind of comment. And the last time I saw it, the other night, there was a black woman behind me. And when she was in the cemetery and wearing that outfit, uh, this black woman was like, Damn, look at that fierce-ass pantsuit. I want that pantsuit. She's like, she's like turning to her friend. She's like, I want to buy that pantsuit. Where can I get that pantsuit? And the girl's like, be quiet. She was like, I want that pantsuit. <laughs> just kept going off about how she wants pantsuit. No comments on our end. For once. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you guys, is anyone talking your theaters when you go? <laughs> all the time. But no, I think we, we were good the last two movies because we saw that and then we saw the clock movie. Which was surprisingly very entertaining. The house with the clock, the house and, with its the clock and its walls. It's just a long ass uh, title. The movie with the impossible title that I hate typing. Oh. Yeah, it's a. It was, it was a, good. Though. It was a really good movie. I like. I'm not a really big fan of Eli Roth. It was, a but fun I think kid he found a niche directing kid <coughs> horror movies because there's a. I thought there were some moments that were scary for kids, but. Yeah, I was kind of wondering like how that would work, but like he, I heard there were elements of it that were, kind of right in his like wheelhouse a little yeah, bit. There were. Um, it was very, I think he should have pulled it back a bit on the kid jokes, but right. overall I was really entertained by it. I didn't know it was a book until it said based on a novel yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but it's a kid's movie, so um, there needs to be kid's jokes. It reminded me you of ever, like... Did you guess that, uh, Eli Roth would eventually direct the great Kate Blanchett? <laughs> oh my god, she's, she's so good, and I... Kate Blanchett's good in everything. Everything. Like, like she can, like, she can, like... Uh, I don't know. She can read the fucking phone book, and I'd be like, "Oh, yeah, you're awesome." Would you say? And I know we always, I always jump to conclusions on the best in the game, but you think she's the best female actress? Oh, actress, actress right now? Yeah, I think she's the best actress. She's one of them. She's. I mean, I got, I got my girl Viola Davis. Oh well, yeah, Viola and her, I would say the top two. I, everyone's, you know, Meryl's great, but I think Kate is. Kate and Viola are like. Um, I think the reason why Kate Blanchett is great because what we just said is that she can do anything. Like if she can jump from like so many different parts. I mean, look I at mean, the two movies her, she did this we year. We just saw her in Ocean's 8 this yeah. summer and, like, you know, completely different from other stuff she's done. That's and, like, you know, you can accuse her from, like, for doing Ocean's 8 and then this movie that she might be slumming it. Like, they might be, like, just paycheck movies and not really hard for her to do. But, like, she, she it seems like it, she though. enjoys, like, kind of, like, doing different you know what? You know what I think, though, in terms of why she, quote, unquote, slummed it this year was because I think this year was supposed to be the start of the... Lucy movie. Yeah, don't she have, don't she have she, two hours? She has the Lucy movie coming up, and but Sorkin's still oh, right, right. Yeah, Sorkin's finishing. He's still his, writing. He's it. still finishing up on the script. So I think that was supposed to start filming this year, but I think they're pushing it to start filming next year. 
So I think I feel like I feel like you can kind of slum it when you have two Oscars. Yeah. I think she she's on if she if the Lucy <laughs> movie was Sorkin, I think she's on the way to the third. And then Probably. she would she would become I think no because I think Catherine Hepburn has four. So she, oh by the way, uh, you're talking about third Oscars. I just wanted to point it out because you text me offline. Uh, Tom Hanks uh, about that, to win third that image of Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers and uh, he's about to win his third Oscar, man. That's... He looks like he looked. I was like, well, I thought actually when I first saw the picture, it looked like him. It didn't look like Tom Hanks. And did a double take. Yeah, I can't. I I'm very much looking forward to it. And it's funny that like America's Sweetheart is playing America's Sweetheart. <laughs> Everyone loves uh, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. yeah. Um. I I mean, I, who's directing that? He's the, that? Male, he's the who, male Sandra Bullock. So like, <laughs> do we know who's directing that? I I don't actually. I think it should be if it's a good director. I can I'll look it up and we'll have that for for you guys next week. Uh. But if it's a good director and a good script, I think he should have a nomination lock. You know, he has not been nominated since uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think he's been nominated since. And I think that people are, I think, like Oscar pundits are, have been thinking he because he was supposed to get it for Captain Phillips. I and then they gave it to that they gave it to that cab driver instead. The cab driver. <laughs> Who's the cab driver? I don't know. He was a cab driver. The guy. The oh. <laughs> the guy. I'm like, the captain, I'm the captain now. now. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy. Yeah. And like I was like, and you know what? I was so happy for him that he got nominated and stuff. But in the back of my mind, I was like, what other fuck parts could he play? <laughs> <laughs> like, what could he, he's gonna be typecast for life? Yeah, he is. Like, what else can he do? <laughs> and I think the last before that, I thought he was a shoe in as because he played Walt Disney in Saving Mr. Oh, Banks. Oh, and uh, Saving Mr. Banks, which I really enjoyed. What? So the Mr. Rogers biopic. Guess who's directing it? Uh, someone good because you're making a face. A woman. Oh. <gasps> Ariel Heller. What has she directed? The fuck is she? Uh, not too much, but her <laughs> latest, she did The Diary of a Teenage Girl. Who wrote it? <laughs> I mean, we're getting crickets here because you're, you're getting a Rista <laughs> Rogers movie from someone that really hasn't directed much. Well, but he still looks good, right? So, <laughs> so does Rami Malik, but. We don't know how Bohemian Rhapsody is going to be. Writing it though, I think she's yeah, writing are, it. I think she no, wrote it too. Is there any Oscar buzz on Bohemian Rhapsody? So I heard from someone that saw it and said that he is transcendent. Like he is really, really good. The movie's not great. The movie's good, but he is really great in it. Yeah, that's, uh, so that's not no. That's not good. It was written. By the way, are we Noah concerned? Harvester. There's no Venom reviews yet. Um, I. F- I'm gonna lean towards a fifty percent on RT. That's where I'm leaning towards. Okay, no. And then to finish up, we finish up news before we get into our main topic. Um, trailers. Uh, so you mentioned Marvel, so the trailer to Dark Phoenix dropped, and I do not love it. I barely like it. Um, it's it, you know what? So I watched it on my laptop, and then I watched it at my friend's house on his like large TV. It it, it, it kind of like it's better on like a bigger. Like platform, it, like it plays better than watching it on like your laptop. Yeah, I'm, I was, I was not. I don't know, man, because I love the Dark Phoenix story, so I'm like, I'm expecting like some a money trailer. And by the way, this X Men continuity is a little bit effed up. So you're gonna tell me because this movie takes place in 1992. So you're gonna tell me that in eight years, Michael Fassbender is gonna look like Ian McKellen? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Like that's true. 
I'm like, and then like James McAvoy is gonna look like Patrick Stewart. Like, yeah, come on, man. Um, and then the other trailer that I dropped this week was the Creed two trailer, and it looked. I like this trailer more than the first one, although I mentioned uh, off the air that I think they spoiled that Michael B. Jordan is a champion by the end of the movie. Yeah, because I think. From what I here's my assumption, and I may be wrong. I think at the beginning of the movie he f- wins the title from the guy from that he had the beef with in the first one that knocked him out, and then he fights Drago at the end for the title. That's where I right. think they're going. But it looks cool. It looks good. It, it looks, looks good. Like, yeah, it's a well done trailer. It looks like oh, I'm trying to think of the Rocky that it looks like. I think it reminds me of the hype that I had for Rocky Balboa, and yeah. Because it looks like it's gonna be, it's not gonna be like an Oscar contender this year, but I think it'll it's be. A, it's a popcorn it's movie. A, yeah, it'll be a popcorn movie. Totally agree. And, uh, by the way, how do you feel about uh, going back to X Men? That we got a trailer and they're like, oh yeah, it comes out February fourteenth, twenty nineteen, and then they're like, oh wait, it's like we changed the release date again. It's June seventh, Fox, Fox really wants to milk the last <laughs> of the, the last of the properties that they have. So I was like, it, it makes sense to like, they're everyone's saying that it's a good thing that they moved it this summer but like it's just so weird to like drop a big like to hype up a, a trailer and like release it and then like two days later when that trailer says like it's coming out february 14th and then like oh wait no we're gonna change the release date again this is the third time they changed it yeah i think it's stupid because february's the last two or three years has been great for comic book films i mean it's only it's only competing with fucking happy death day 2 oh like, you love happy death day so I did. Did you ever watch I it? I still haven't seen it. I do want to see it though because it did interest me a little bit. Um, you know what? You gotta support. You gotta support Blumhouse, man. If you're gonna support Halloween, you gotta support man, all their. I <laughs> they they drop too much, so I can't support all their movies. Oh man, you can you can't just be a Halloween man. <laughs> I see, I see the Purge, and oh yeah, I, you like the Purge. I like, like the Purge. I think I'm the <laughs> only one that liked the new Purge. Everyone I know that saw, it, I thought it was terrible. I'm like, that wasn't that bad. It was alright. So. I, I support Blumhouse. Oh, and, uh, uh, I know we're trying to get off news, but uh, Halloween popped in the box office tracking this week. A lot lower than uh, I thought it would be. Track, it's tracking. Well, well, they always start low. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna uh, actually open a lot higher than what they said. I it's still, tracking at a forty plus opening. It actually changed again. It changed yesterday to fifty plus. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna say a hundred. I think it's gonna. I'm. Be- I'm actually shooting for a hundred too, and like, I I know that might be like pretty lofty but like considering all the hype and then the release date it's like right in the like sweet spot for like halloween and like just the month like yeah like a week or two ago uh the reviews the fact that the reviews are good good. so i think it's at 85 percent right now yeah and i think it's leaning it's heading towards uh certified because it's at it's i think it's 50 reviews uh no 50 50 fresh reviews and seven rotten reviews i read one of the rotten reviews and Another rotten review that I had, and I, I I don't get it, man. Like this, I won't mention the person's name, but like the review of the, the person that reviewed it had only seen the first one and has no real understanding of the franchise. Right. So I get. I got, it. actually got a message from someone on uh, G Reels that because I posted that clip that they uh the release. It wasn't even a long clip. It's like fifty seconds, and like most of that clip is in the trailer. Uh, but I got a message from someone. They're like, "Hey, I love following your page, but can you stop posting anything Halloween related? Because it's spoiling the movie for me." I actually didn't what see it because I had because it was a clip instead of a trailer. I was just like, "Yeah, it's a clip." Watch. Yeah, but the, most of the this. clip was in the trailer though. It's like when he bursts through the door and like grabs her at the end of the trailer. It was oh, okay. like 
But it was the build up to that. I mean, the only thing I complain I have about the trailers is that I feel like we're getting the last like twenty five minutes of the movie in this. Like, like, yeah, yeah. That's the only complaint. And, I and, then, and then the clip actually showed Judy Greer. I was like, Judy Greer's in this, even though no one seems to like. She's not in any of the trailers, basically. Except like a little well, bit. Well, she of the is last in that kitchen scene, and she's like, oh, fucking yeah, yeah. Karen, right? Yeah. Her name. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> you don't get it, Karen. <laughs> and then she's actually in that clip. But yeah, he was like, he was like, dude, I love your page. But like, stop posting Halloween stuff because I want to be surprised when I see it. I was like, all right. Uh, uh, apparently, pre-sale tickets come out soon. I've been waiting so I can get my damn tickets. Apparently, I'm, he- I'm hearing next week. I'm hearing, I think it's tomorrow. Because oh, tomorrow? because if you go to Fandango and then by us, the Alamo Draft House already released their tickets. So I'm thinking everyone else is going to release them in the next day or at least by this week. So we will um, see. Do you see yourself seeing it multiple times? Yes. I will probably see it twice that weekend. So... I'm... I mean, if I can see a simple favorite three times, I can see Halloween three times. Yeah, this is true. Um, all right, so let let's get to it. So these are facts. <laughs> so this month we're going to cover a few franchises. We're going to cover Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, and we'll finish off the month with Halloween. So we're going to talk about the franchise, what we like, what we didn't like, what we saw, because we, I haven't seen some of these on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre side. Everything else I've seen, but we can all talk about our favorite kills and the box office. So we're going to start off with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I will start off by just going through the budget and I'm going to go through the box office. I'm just going to do domestic. And this is outside of the first one. This is not. And the remake, this is not very good. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 1 opened on October 1st, 1974 with a budget of $140,000. The domestic box office was $30 million. That's pretty so it like a huge return on investment it didn't open wor- uh, worldwide either so it was just a domestic box office texas chainsaw massacre 2 opened 12 years later which i i do like texas, Ch- texas chainsaw massacre 2 but i did i didn't uh know it was this far apart um that one opened at an amazing four million dollars 4.7 million open a weekend how much did it cost to make this one, oh, I lie. This one, the budget was $4 million, and it opened at $8 million. Oh, that's not bad. So it's not too bad. Part three, the budget is... There is no budget. Like, I can't... It's not even released. So... But it made a total box office of $5 million. Wow. Then we get to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Four, and what's popular about that one is that it's Matthew McConaughey and was it Renee Zellweger? Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Did come, I think it came out after their big movies too. Like it, it came out did. after a time to kill for him. September and then September twenty second, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, and then like was that pre? Was that before Jerry Maguire for her? Or after? It was a year before Jerry Maguire. Oh wow! But I think to build on their popularity, it was re released again in on August 29th. 1997. So I think because those two names by 97 were big, they're like, let's re-release it. Um, it didn't help it because the movie cost $600,000 to make and it made a whopping total of $185,000 at the box office. <sighs> then in 2003, I think we got a big uptick because the remake starring Jessica Biel, uh, which we all love here. Seven heaven. 
<laughs> I think we should do a Seventh Heaven episode one. I think I saw the. Oh no, God, uh, that show's awful. <laughs> oh, it was alright. Do you remember you when like she Seventh Heaven? Bad, and she like yeah. posed for Gear magazine. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, you're on that Christian show. What are you doing, girl?" <laughs> <laughs> so the remake costs nine point five million, and it made eighty million dollars domestic, twenty six million foreign, with a total box office of one hundred and seven million dollars. It actually came out in October, right? October so like seventeenth, two thousand three. The sweet spot, sweet spot for horror movies. Yes, sir. And I guess you wait. Do you remember uh, seeing that trailer for the first time? Yeah, I saw it before Friday. Uh, Freddy vs. Jason. And that trailer is so good. Still, the, still one of my favorite horror trailers. It's so good. The whole like camera flick thing and the sound and like the oh, ah, yeah, it's so good. Then we get to the bot, the last three, which I when I was doing my research for, I really didn't think that I seen the majority of these movies, but I actually did outside of part three and four. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, which stars your girl. Mia. Oh, Jordana uh, Brewster, guys, in case you didn't know. That was released <laughs> October 6, 2006. It cost $16 million and it made a domestic box office of $39 million. Not terrible. We can't. No, that's still good. Terrible. I think that's still good for a horror movie. Uh, foreign was 12 and it, the total gross was $51 million. So that's not too, too bad. It made it made its money back. Then we get to the sh- the real shit. Cause I don't hate beginning. It's not great, but it's it's okay. Um. Then we get to Texas Chainsaw 3D. Starring Trey Songs. Fucking god awful. So it's cost twenty million, twenty million, thirty four million box office, uh, d- domestic, a total of forty seven worldwide. And that's actually a lot better than I thought. And then finally rounding out was October 20th of last year. And you knew for going back to Texas Chainsaw 3D, that was January 4th to 2013. So you knew that was a problem. Also also a sweet spot for horror movies. <laughs> yeah, with the bad ones. Unless you're yeah. like split. Um, so then the, finally last year, it was released on Netflix on October 20th, 2017. And it had like a very limited run because it doesn't even have a total gro- uh, gross for... Uh, domestic but it does have a worldwide total of 887,000 dude texas chainsaw 3d made 10 million dollars on its opening night and then it only opened to 21 million so that means that everyone that saw it opening night was like oh it sucks and then it like kind of collapsed after that (laughs) it's crazy i mean i saw it how do you how does a movie make 21 million dollars opening weekend and only make 30 something i mean look at the 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 Nun made fifty, and it really dropped after. So, yeah, horror movie, horror movies drop. People, people are like, horror movies are bulletproof when it comes to reviews, but I don't think they are after the first week. The first week, people. No, yeah, after shit. the first weekend, unless reviews are good, they don't really like. It, I mean, we can't really talk shit about the Nun because it's made like a fuck ton of money worldwide. Yeah, it. I remember it made. I think it did it make a billion total. Uh, I don't know if it hit a billion. It but regardless, like well. movie, the movie kept making money because the reviews were just great. So, but uh, pretty much like, going through the franchise, the first one released in 1974 was directed by Toby Hooper, and it was the most successful of the series. Do you guys like it, or do you guys consider it one of the best? I um, I love Texas Chainsaw. Actually, so do I. Uh, yeah. I watched it again the other day. Just to kind of get like a fresh perspective on it, and like I, the fact that it looks so like cheaply made, like it almost feels like you're watching like a snuff film a little bit. Yes, it doesn't really. It does. Like, it's like 
it's so like gritty and like like I I feel like you feel like there's certain scenes in that movie where I feel like I can smell what's going on. Like there's like, it just feels like everything around there, like just stinks. And like, you just feel like, like you would, you feel like you're in that environment a little I, bit. I agree. And I was doing some research and I saw an interview by Toby Hooper and he actually mentioned kind of on what you were talking about. He was saying that dinner scene at the end because they filmed in Texas and it was a summer. It was really hot by the, I think like, because I think they filmed that in about a week, that scene or or something along those lines. He was saying by the end of it, it smelled absolutely horrific. Yeah, and, and I actually want to give like Marilyn Burns, like Loki, who I think passed away. Right? Is she not alive anymore? I think. Uh, I'd be. I'll feel really bad if I'm wrong. <laughs> that I killed Jennifer. Uh, <laughs> uh, but she's like Loki. Like I don't. I want to say that she's like a really great screen queen because her character is not that great, but. She just, in general, just has some pipes on her. The, the fact that she she screams a lot, especially in the last, like, ten minutes of the movie, it's just pretty much all she does. And, like, it just seems like they put her through, like, the ringer just making it. She died in uh, 2014. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, uh, but, yeah, like, it seemed like she, like... She was likable, though, as a character. I don't think she's not likable. Like some of like in as we okay, get to Franklin, can we talk about Franklin? I was actually gonna get to Franklin. Like, <laughs> you're the worst horror character. Franklin ever. is the worst. <laughs> when you like pray for him to die, like when how he got chainsawed, I'm like, I'm... like, how does <laughs> like though? It's so good, and he's so bad that and he's the last of the friends to die. Well, he's like the last one to go. The, the crazy thing is, is, Toby Hooper does such a great job that he. How do you feel bad for? How do you not feel bad for the guy because he's in a wheelchair? Like, he's like hated the entire movie. That whole scene where she's like wants the flashlight and he won't give it to her. I was like so frustrated watching it again. And she's like, "Give me the flashlight." He's like, "No, I just think we should stay here." <laughs> and, like, no. and they mock, and he's the way he mocks everybody too. Oh yeah, he's just mad because he's you know not he can't walk. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's mad. And then I do like I do like all the kills, especially. Sally. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I can lose voice, but I'm not gonna. He's so annoying, He's dude. So <laughs> annoying. It's so bad, and it's it's. This was a real fun trip. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy. You you get the annoyance right off the bat. Where in the opening, where he's yeah, it's not, his not it's not something that builds up. It's like right away, you're like, oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I know that's a horror movie's job to make. You guys hate these people, you know, make us hate these people so we can, like, all right, root for the root for Leatherface. But he is just unbearable. Yeah, you know who's creepier than Leatherface is the fucking first guy they pick up, the hitchhiker. That guy? He's, I mean, he's creepy. weird. But. He's like, hey, 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 I took a picture. You, you, you pay me now. <laughs> hey. well, I mean, not for nothing, but we get that in the city all the time. I was just going to say, so some guy, not to sidetrack, but some guy on the subway, I go to sit down, some guy's like, you, and he points at me, and I'm like, oh, no. And I couldn't go anywhere, and I had the seat, and I didn't want to give up the subway seat to move to, like, another car. So I was like, oh, boy. He's like, I'm going to draw you. So he draws me, doesn't look like anything like me. I have the picture somewhere. I'll have to send it to you. And he's like, here you go. And then he's like, do you have money? And I was like, uh... No, I didn't ask you to draw me. You did. So he gave it to me anyway. 
but it was really uncomfortable well, for like four it, stops. At least he didn't like set anything on fire and like cut your arm. Yeah, man. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. That, and that then, was this is awkward. loosely based on a true story. Not very loosely, right? Very loosely. Uh, Ed Gein, which Psycho is also loosely based on, he pretty much killed women. He kidnapped women, and then he killed them, and then he skinned them, and then he used their uh, face and so dress- sad. and dressed up as them. So, so that's where they get leather. Like, that's where they get face. leather face from. And then also, Toby Hooper had an interview, and I don't know how true this is, but he said it's a he based on a real person he knew, along with Ed Gein. He said, "Before I came up with Chainsaw, the story had uh, trolls under a bridge." We changed that to the character who eventually became Leatherface. The idea actually came from a doctor I knew. I remember that he once told me the story about how when he was a pre-med student, the class was studying cadavers, and he went into the morgue and skinned a cadaver and made a mask for Halloween. Ooh. Yeah, pretty pretty intense Creepy. there. Um, By the you talked about the kills earlier. Uh, the first one, the first kill with the guy that gets oh, like the... Hammered in the head? The hammered in the head. So they, they recreate that scene in the remake, and it's not as good. Just because, like, it's, I feel like it's, like, I mean, it still works, but it's just, like, overproduced in the remake. But, like, the fact that, like, it's so, like, uh, it's jarring in the original because, like, it's... It comes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then him convulsing on the floor after he gets hit. Like and it's the fact just, that they don't show, they don't show his head, they just show his feet. Feet, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. It, it adds an element to it. It's funny because and then he gets dragged in and he slams the door shut. Like that's so good. We just saw it's it, it's all about perception. Like they make the audience assume and grow, be grossed out for what's really going on. We were watching. Uh, I mentioned to you off the air this movie called Terrifier. It's yeah. really cool. Gross. It's re- it's really I really enjoy it. But anyway, there's a scene that something is happening and they don't show it at all. But the perception of it is gross. It's intense because right. It's the I same thing. Don't think that's been done no, in other horror done. movies, right? Like I don't recall that, and doesn't ever need to be done again. <laughs> well, it is about perception too, because like the 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 girl that gets hung on the meat hook, it's not graphic, but like it, there's something about it that feels graphic, just like the way he shoots it and like how it's done, because they don't really show it. Like you know, we don't see it going into her back or anything like that, but it's just like. Her reaction and then, like, how it's shot makes it feel, like, a lot worse than it is. It is. And I think he does a good job with that. Um, crazy. He wanted a this movie to be rated PG. What? Nope. You know what, though? For a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they really don't show a lot. Exactly. He said that. He's like, as you watch the film, notice that there's probably about two ounces of blood. Yeah, they don't really show a lot at all. So he's like, like, Fra- like Franklin's death uh, could be really graphic, and it's not. Like it's like you see him getting chainsawed in the chair, but you don't really like. There's not. It's not graphic at all. They don't shoot yeah. it from the front. And to finish it's off, all- and and to finish off on the first one, so two things that I really liked are the narrator at the beginning. I just John Lurkett. Yeah, his voice is great. And he also narrated the remake uh, yes, opening. Too. And then I also like. This is more on the trailer end of it, but the camera, the camera flash. Oh yeah, 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 that. So I think that's great. Now we move on to Texas Chainsaw. Oh wait, uh, where's it? Where's it rank on like your like favorite horror movies? Though? Uh, I think it's, like one of your favorite horror movies. Yeah, it is. It's in my top five. I would, I would have to look. It's, it's really solid. Yeah, it's really, really. solid. He's also the bad guy from Richie Rich, guys. 
Who? Chandler, Chandler Arquette. Arquette. <laughs> is he really? I was like thinking, where do I know that name? And then I'm like, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Richie Rich. That's, I, I do love Richie Rich. Fun fact. Um, but yeah, moving on to TCM2. Uh, it goes a completely different route, and I think it it's benefit. I guess it benefits it to me because I think it's a completely different movie. But I think it goes the Evil Dead route because Evil Dead Two is a horror comedy, and, and Evil Dead, is. and that's what this is. I like it. I think it's a little crazy that they live in that tunnel, but yeah. I think it's over the top, and I think it. And then Leatherface falls in love with the girl, kind of. He does. He's the reason. Isn't he the reason she gets out? He lives. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he like keeps her alive. Like, like when he like he was supposed to kill her in the at the the radio station and he doesn't. It's actually- he tells he, he tells his little relative buddy dude. I don't know. Are they related? I think they're related. Uh, that he he was like, did you take care of her? He's like, yeah. He shakes his head like he took care of her. And then this one. Is- oh, and then he makes her wear that. That mask, mask yeah. Mask. Oh, yeah do, so gross. <laughs> I do like Chop Top, by played by Mil- Bill Mosley. Mosley, yeah. yeah Chop he, he kills it on that. Um, Can you imagine being made like to have to do that to wear? Oh, uh, like someone's mask? face. Yeah. 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 Like. And it wasn't just that he put it on her; like he like places <laughs> it and like makes it stick to her face. Yeah. Like he places it and like puts his hands on her face to make it stick. Like, and then when she's trying to like take it off, he like puts her hands down, like no. <laughs> like, and I'm then this, this, on you. <laughs> this one's more gory. And Savini, Tom Savini, did the uh, the makeup and the for the for this one. So oh yeah, so this he's, is good. He's actually proud of his work on this. So I like it. I think I showed Jen. Also last directed week. by Toby Hooper. Yeah, I think he mentioned in interviews that he wanted to go a different route. So he did. I like it. I think it's become the cult favorite out of the franchise. Yeah, it's a cult classic. A lot of people like it. I kind of wish. I do enjoy it. I think it's funny. And it's, it's, you know, it's fun. A part of me, which is like they just stayed serious, though, and like kind of did the whole like, you know, had the same like feeling of the original. It did. And then we got Leatherface 6 to Chainsaw Massacre 3. Which I can't even talk on because I've never seen it. Has it? It's not good. I can't you know, imagine. So, so like, uh, so I actually, um, um, I have a collector's edition of it because I'm a completist at heart and I have to own everything. Um, it's not good though. But, um, like, uh, it's just, uh, it just. Like, my issue with the franchise in general, though, like, I feel like out of all the main franchises, like, you know, like, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, I guess Hellraiser as well, I feel like these movies have gotten, like, the worst treatment. Uh, over Hellraiser? I think Hellraiser's gotten the worst. I mean, I guess it's fair, because, like, all the Texas Chainsaws, except for Leatherface, the last one, have been, like, released theatrically, right? Yeah. And most of the Hellraisers have gone straight to video, but, like, they're just, like... They're like not. I. They seem like they come in with like the best of intentions, and then they and they just don't like like they don't end up being good, That's especially the people. Well, moving on to part four. Have you seen part four? Because that's the other. That's the other one I haven't seen. Okay, I saw. I saw it when it came out, and I watched again. I had to like. Uh, I actually, I couldn't track it down myself, but then my friend David he owns it, so I went to his house and watched it. Uh, it was a struggle to get through. It's not good. Um, I also learned that the agents for uh, both Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger did not want anyone to see it. 
they were like, uh, they were like, uh, they wanted to bury that movie, like, because they knew that they had clients that were like about to like really take off, and they were like, they can't be seen in something like this, mm. and uh, it didn't really work. I mean, the movie still got released, but no one really saw it, and like, I mean, like, no one really saw it, and, like, not enough people saw it to be like, oh, like that's the guy from A Time to Kill, and that's the girl who's gonna be in Jerry Maguire, like, Empire <laughs> uh, Records. Like, Empire Records, yeah, 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 um, but like not enough people saw it, but like it, but yeah, their agents like were like, yeah, they, like they, they tried to bury the movie entirely because they knew where their clients were about to like go. Yeah, and I'm glad it didn't affect their career, so that's careers, yeah, you know, and at least uh, I think for the most part they don't talk down. They do acknowledge that they were in it, unlike Jennifer Aniston, who's like, I don't want to talk about Leprechaun, bitch. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's the worst. I hate Jennifer Aniston. And, like, for that reason. For that reason, like, dude, you're in Leprechaun. Like, embrace it. It's fine. You're in Leprechaun, you're in Leprechaun with your original nose. It's cool. Where <laughs> <Good laughs> you got job. work done. See, and you, see, I think I found your Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. Drew, oh, I, I can't stand Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, I guess that is your Drew Barrymore. I right. can't stand her. So, she's always the same with everything she's in. So part four was the last original final sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw. And then in 2003, we got the remake, which was really good. I think it was out of the th- Halloween, out of Halloween, Friday the 13th. It's Nightmare the, best one, it's the best one out of the four, I would say, out of the remakes. Um, um, you know what I like about the movie is that it's so it's like shot kind of like to have the feel of the original, even though it's way more polished. But there's certain shots that feel like it's the original movie. Yeah, and then there's and, two. There's a major difference between the two. Um, it, the opening, they pick up a girl, the traumatized survivor. Girl, yeah. And instead of the, she pulls her. a, she pulls a pistol out of her vajayjay. She does. I forgot she pulls it. Out <laughs> of <her vajayjay> <laughs> I forgot. I was like, it's so gross. And her then, bloody vajayjay, by the way. <laughs> and then the. A little difference too is that they give you more of Leatherface's background. <laughs> like, is that he has a the reason he wears masks is because he has a skin disease. So that was right, we're so sorry for him because he got made fun of, I guess. Yeah, so but overall the movie was good. I liked the final scene in the in the pork shop in the in the, in the slaughterhouse. I thought that was pretty pretty cool. And Jessica Biel. Yeah, was great and, they, in it. and they and they knew they knew to like to make it rain at the end because it's like, like Jessica Biel and like a white T-shirt. Yeah, like so just make, just there. give us all the rain. Um, <laughs> and in twenty, in 20- uh, it's also um, I also like that it's not like a direct remake. It actually like pays homage to the original without just copying it. Like it it goes kind of its own. Halloween route. tried to do that, and so I you wanted, hate it. And also, props to uh, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on the sheriff's name? Sheriff Hoyt. Oh, he's uh, uh, from Full Metal Jacket. Okay, yeah, he's so good. He's actually creepier than Leatherface is. Because I think, I don't know, with this whole franchise, I think people talk about Leatherface. He's not the, I mean, he's the killer, obviously, but he's not the biggest villain. The whole family is the villain. Right. So, like, Sheriff Hoyt, I guess, was supposed to be similar to, like, the the guy who runs the gas station in the first one. Yeah. Uh who was also creepy in some way. So uh, I forgot to mention that when we were talking about the first one. The scene that creeps me out the most with that guy is when he's driving her in the truck and he's telling her to calm down, they're going to be okay, and he's, like, poking her with a, that stick thing. Yes. The whole time in the car. Like, he's so creepy. Uh, but, yeah, I guess, like, uh, Sheriff Hoyt's supposed to be similar to that, and, like, he's also genuinely creepy as well. 
Agreed. And uh, he had some great lines too. And then in 2006, they decided to make a prequel to Texas Chainsaw. Call it Texas Chainsaw. With my boots are gonna boost the beginning. Um, it pretty much explores the roots of Leatherface's family and delves into their past. And then you see the first Leatherface's first mask, which is pretty cool too. Um, and the first murder he commits using a chainsaw. Um, I think we spoke. Oh, about by this the way, the Jen. Uh, uh, Jen. Uh, yeah. What's his face from the OC is in that movie. Uh, fucking Oliver. Oliver's in that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's Tyler seen uh, Hanley, whatever his name is. Yeah, he's in it. Oh my god, I don't remember that. I yeah. I took pleasure. I took I took pleasure watching him <laughs> die. I felt like Oliver was dying yeah. all over. <laughs> yeah, because he sucked. Uh, <laughs> I do think the movie does a good job of setting up the end because me and you were talking about it off the air. We forgot that this was a prequel, so we thought she was going to get out. Yeah, her death is hard, man. Because she's like, she's like home free. And then she gets chainsawed in the car. Right through the stomach. Right through the stomach. It's like gruesome, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then. It happens, guys. They killed, they killed Mia. And then 2013 happened. And the seventh. Chainsaws. The seventh film, Texas Chainsaw 3D, is a direct... Oh, actually, no. This attempts to be a direct sequel to the 1974 film, but makes no reference to the events of the other sequels. So it's a retcon, I guess. Um, It's pretty terrible. It's To me, it's the worst in the franchise. It is from the ones I've seen. It is absolutely terrible. And there's I've talked about this on podcasts before. There is no worse line for me in this franchise than, Go get him, cuz! <laughs> God awful. Trey Songs is terrible. This is around a time, and I think it became a thing starting with H2O, and I will blame H2O for this, of including rappers no, and R&B singers. They cast rappers in like, movies like that. And it's so funny, I, I have a hot take in my review of Halloween Resurrection that Buster Rhymes is the best thing in that movie, despite it being the worst like trick, horror trick. movie. Look, look. I think he's like in a, and I wrote it in my review for Halloween H, uh, Resurrection. I think in a movie that's full of shit, he smells the least worse. Like that. I hate the main girl in Resurrection. She sucks. Oh, I talk about that. Don't worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. I I had fun writing that review. I can't wait to talk about it on the podcast. It's so bad. But anyways, um, it's pretty bad. I don't remember much of it because I've only seen it like two or three times, but. It. I remember those specific scenes, and I just think Trey Songs is terrible. Who was the one? Um, the one that they got in two thousand six for House of Wax. There was a rapper or R and B singer. Oh. In that. I almost said Chad Michael Murray, but that's not. <laughs> I don't think there's a rapper in that. There is a black guy. No, there, I think it's a I rapper or an R and B singer. I know there is, and I can't remember who, who it Wait, was. Wait, which one? House of Wax. The one with Paris Hilton. I don't Dude, mind that movie, by also, the way. Also, Wax is not that bad. Yeah, it's, it's not that bad. I, yeah, it's it's not. It, Jared, uh, what's his name? Padalecki? No, he's not in that. Well, I he is. He's not, well, he's definitely not a rapper. Uh, no, he's not, <laughs> but he is in it. Someone needs to tell me who this rapper was because I I'm going to... I think gonna... you're thinking about... No, it's House of Wax, I remember, because she gives him a blowjob in the car while she's driving. No, yeah, he's so it's a black guy, but I don't think he's a rapper. No, that's Robert Richard. No, I swear to God. Yes, you know why? I know what you're thinking of. He was in Coach Carter... <laughs> and cousin Skeeter, is that who you're thinking of? Yes, him. Oh, he's I not love, a rapper. I love Robert Richard. He's fun. <laughs> he's in Coach Carter, yeah, and cousin Skeeter, and then he was also in uh, he. Oh my God, I can't. Uh, this is a deep cut. There was a 1996 made for Nickelodeon movie where Shaq talks about like a kid coming up playing basketball, and he was the main kid in it, and I loved him in it. So that's yeah. my 
but he's not a rapper. Okay, he's not Wait a rapper. A Whatever. Okay. Are you sure there's not a rapper in it? Yes, I'm sure. I'm looking why at the thing. Why in God's green earth does House of Wax have a $40 million budget? Sorry. Because <laughs> probably 30 of them went to Paris Hilton. Um, I just like read that. I was like, Jesus Christ. It made $70 million worldwide. I guess it made its money back. But like, ugh. <laughs> is it right. not to cost that much money to make? All right. To finish- I, used, uh, I, uh, I remember seeing that movie opening weekend. Everyone cheered when she died. I kind of felt bad for her. But I don't think yeah, so. but nobody wanted her there. She's not a good actress. She got, she, so. And she got she gets like a pole through the head. Like she has like a grip. Uh, Alright, so finishing up on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface, the eighth film dropped last year. And it's not it's good. It's not good. good. We can leave Poor it. Or Steven Dorps Steven Dorps in it. Uh even if you don't know who Steven Dorf is, he was in Blade. And and, and Fright Night. If you're, if you're <laughs> he also does those like e cigarette commercials. And he was in yeah. Fright Night. What? And he was in Fright Night. Okay, sure. That's where he got started. Uh, all right. So, the future. Following the release of Leatherface, the producers had the rights to make five more Texas Chainsaw Massacres, but they decided not to. But on August 24th, 2018, Legendary Pictures had bought the rights to the franchise and a new film and a television series is in development. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, I could see a TV show being good. On a Netflix show, yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I think it would be good. Oh, ba- by the way, uh, talking about Netflix horror shows, apparently The Haunting of Hill House is really good. It's gotten really good reviews so far. That's what I'm hearing. Like, he's saying that it's like a legit, really good horror TV show. So, so I'm excited. Yeah. So, what was your favorite kill out of the franchise? If you have one. You know what? It's not really a kill because like, actually it's in the remake because they, they make that guy suffer. So like the blonde hair guy in the remake, yes. he gets his yes. foot chopped off, right? Yep. And then he, then he gets hung on the meat hook and he's still alive. And then he has to have just Jessica Biel, like he tells Stop her him, like right? to finish him basically, like yeah. kill me. And then she does and then like his blood like pours over her. Like it's like really dramatic. But like it's the process I feel of bad it. for that guy because he suffers. Big time. Yeah, I agree. Not the whole thing. Like it suffers horribly. You know what else I hate? That uh, her friend, the girl. Uh, they weren't really friends, but the girl with the red hair in the remake. Yes. Uh, she was in also. She was in Blair Witch Two. By oh. the way. Yeah. And uh, she was annoying. I was really happy when she got killed. All right. So, but like uh, all the other favorite, uh, the main the main favorite kill though is the one from the rental with the guy that gets the gets the smacked. Yeah, yeah hammered because it, yeah. Just, it just came out of nowhere. I would say that. And Which just is funny is that the other guy, the guy with the glasses, also gets the uh, like a uh, like hammer to the face, but it's like really quick. It was when the girl pops out of the, uh, he opens the freezer thing and she like pops up and he screams and then like Leatherface comes in and just smacks him once and then he's dead. <laughs> well, I would I I would agree with you on the kills though. I would say the the hammer to the head and just Franklin because he fucking sucks. No one likes Franklin. I always laugh when like Franklin gets cut, and then like they cut back to him. He's like crying. Uh, everything it just. Uh. I don't even think they like Franklin. Did he? Did they no, like him? They don't like him. I don't even think his sister likes him. And then we're like, and then the second one, we're supposed to feel sorry. Like Dennis Hopper's character is like what related to Franklin, and like when we when he finds like Franklin's like skeleton in the in their tunnel, that's like in the wheelchair. Here, I was like, well, I don't really feel bad. He was awful. You're probably better off without him. <laughs> All right, so moving on to a much better franchise. You know, Which we were able to talk a lot more about. Even though the end of the movies, some of the movies aren't great. Nightmare on Elm Street. 
So as before, I'm going to go into the box office and release date and just see if it made money or didn't make money. So 1984 was the first Nightmare on Elm Street. November 9th, 1984. A budget of $1.8 and a domestic gross of $25 million. So it made it made money. Yep. Number two was released less than a year later. No, not even a whole year? <laughs> November 1st, 1985. A budget of three million, and it made more than the original. It made twenty nine point five million dollars. No, actually, I'm lying. Twenty nine point nine million dollars. Somehow, I don't know how it made them. <laughs> then we got to two years later. What I've noticed with Nightmare right right off the bat is that these movies are just like one after the other. They didn't even waste any time. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street three, which is probably my second or third favorite entry in the franchise, costs. $5 million released on February 27, 1987, and it made $44 million. I think that's when the that franchise kind of took off as, like, a pop culture, like... It did for two like, movies. Because yeah, yeah. Dream Master released 1988 on August 19th, cost $13 million, and made $49 million. So, but then th- things took a big dive in 1989 the year less than a year later Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 The Dream Child was released cost 6 million dollars and it only made 22 million dollars by the way uh, 1989 was not a good year for horror movies because Halloween 5 came out in 1989 <laughs> and we'll get to that with the box office there uh, then did Jason Night- Sigma Manhattan come out in 1989 uh, yes also not, 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 a good, not a good year for uh, the three big, three big franchises <laughs> In 1991, the worst in the series was released. Freddy's Dead, September 13, 1991, five million dollars, but it did make 34 million. 34. They, million. Well, even they promoted it as killing him off, so people sense. wanted to see it. Then my sec, probably like tied with Dream Warriors, my second or third favorite in the franchise, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, eight million dollar budget, 18 million dollars. I think. Yeah, it didn't make, it didn't make money, but I, it. I think it was one of those that went back to. But it got really good reviews. Yeah, it's great. Then August 15, 2003, we won't touch on it too much because we already did a commentary on it. Freddy vs. Jason, $25 million budget, and it made the highest in the franchise of $82 million. Uh, what about the remake? And finally, the remake my girl, was... My girl, my girl, Katie Cassidy, always ruining horror movies. She's a dick. April 30th, 2010, $35 million budget. It made $63 million, 52 worldwide, uh, 52 foreign. With its worldwide box office of the highest in the franchise, one hundred and fifteen million point six. That's crazy. It did. It made money. It's quite. Nice. It's just yeah. fucking garbage. That's why. Um. So big budget though for that kind of movie. We can say that the first one is the best one, and there are two other really solid entries in the franchise. I think the first one is the first one to. Yeah, you have your slasher. But it goes different from Halloween because I think Friday the Thirteenth really tries to be Halloween in terms of just like you line them up and kill them off. Right. I think Freddy Murray on Elm Street just goes a completely different route, and I think give credit to Wes Craven because Wes Craven is was a genius, and him his originality with Freddy Krueger and the entire dream sequences was um, so original. But- the first big scene with Freddy still gets me when the it's when Tina right before she dies like her her dream sequence when he like when he stretches uh, his arms out yeah yeah like it's so good and, like, and like you don't really see him awesome. fully like yeah yeah Freddy I will say this I love Robert Englund I think he's 
define the role and but he looked like a little bitch in the first one. <laughs> I don't think like a bitch. I don't think they got his look right into the second one. Because even his face, it if you look at part two and then you look at part one, the makeup in part two is excellent as opposed to part one. I think they were still trying to find out. Because if you even look at part one, he still has human hands. He doesn't they're not burnt or anything like that. Oh yeah, that's true. So I think they were still trying to figure it out. Uh I think this one has the two best deaths in the series with Tina's death and then Tina, Johnny Depp's yeah. death. I think those are the two best deaths in the series. The Tina one is great because uh, I think uh, Nancy, I forgot her. I think in, Heather Langenkamp. Not Heather Langenkamp. I'm talking about uh, the girl that plays oh, T- Tina. Tina. She said in an interview that the Amanda White. Amanda White. She's a very nice lady too. Uh, I met her a few years ago. She was talking about how filming that scene was a lot of work because they had that upside down room to get that scene filmed and it was a lot of hard work. I think uh, Wes Craven actually got kind of got up like, got up there with her but like kind of showed her like this is what's going to happen and like don't worry like I'm here too <laughs> like this is what's going to go down. I, I imagine it wasn't an easy scene to film though. No I can't imagine it. And then um, the Johnny Depp one was just like it's great. Especially yeah, for... blame, blame his fucking parents. Like that's why he dies. It's true. What an asshole dad, right? <laughs> he's like he's gonna call you in the morning. You're like, yeah, he's like, he's like, you just gotta be straight with these kids. Like, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's the worst. All the parents. You know what I noticed? What? All the parents suck. I mean, they paper- he purposely probably did that, but all the parents suck in this movie. Uh, me and my friends have a great time making fun of uh, Nancy's mom because she's so overdramatic and just a drunk. So like she's just very like. Easy to make fun of. It's funny. But she's looking back off. on looking back on on, on Neymar and Elm Street. Um, Wes Craven said that he regrets teasing a sequel. Okay, so that's the only thing about the movie. I don't, I hate the ending. I mean, I, it sounds harsh to say I hate it. It's just like it's it's not. It doesn't go in line with like the rest of the movie, and okay. it does feel like it. It just added on to just like create a sequel. Apparently, he said that it was Bob Shea's idea. He said uh, Bob Shea insisted he wanted a hook for a sequel. He, uh, Wes Craven said in an interview with Vulture, he said, I felt that the film should end when Nancy turns her back on Freddy and his and his violence. That's the one thing that kills him, the fact that she doesn't... Right, and I actually like that part of the movie a lot. That that whole scene where like he comes out of like the bad river and like she's not facing him, and then she's like basically knows... like he feeds on their fear basically. And she's like, I'm not going to give that to you anymore. Like, I think that is a really strong, actually that's her best scene in the movie. I think because she's not like a great actress. She's hey, okay. Be nice. Oh, no, no, she's okay. I, I like, I love Heather Lincoln. Uh, um, she's, she's very, she's very fresh. He actually, one. Bob Shea actually <laughs> wanted Freddie to kill one of the kids at the end. Even, but Wes Craven said it would have taken, it would have made Freddie look like he was triumphant in the end. So they changed and it to was the this mom. Johnny, that was Johnny Depp's first movie, right? Yes, it was. I'm, Does he talk about Nightmare on Elm Street? I've never heard him talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm surprised he came back for Freddy's Dead, to be honest, because he was huge. Oh. He was already huge by then. Yeah. So, well, the absolute nerve that he won't talk about it, because he's done some hot garbage. <laughs> not recently. He's done some hot garbage. But The, the tourist. That's <laughs> true. Outside of that, I mean, I think Nightmare on Elm Street is in my top three favorite horror films of all time. I don't think there's really any well there's any denying that. The score is very underrated too. 
I think that score of Nightmare on Elm Street is top notch. And I'm not talking yeah. about the the Freddy song. I'm just talking about the actual score the throughout. Actual score, yeah. I think it's very subtle, but it works so well throughout. Because um, we always talk about Halloween being the, you know, the transcendent score of the it's better. Genre. It's better than the Friday Thirteenth score. Before. Yes, actually, the Friday Thirteenth score always feels like it's like a like a bunk version of the Psycho score. I also think it's very dated because a lot of Friday the Thirteenth, I think Part Two and Three, especially Part Three, is very discoish. And uh, <laughs> I love that. Oh, <laughs> I, I like disco, but it, it dates the film a lot. Um, moving on to Part Two. I, the gay, the gay Freddy, the gay Freddy, which I have notes on that too. I Jenny just saw it recently, like a month ago. I think she liked it. Did it? I did. I liked it. Well, poor man's Meryl Streep. Yeah. Yeah, she really looks like Meryl Streep. She was only cast because she looks like Meryl Streep. It's in the docu- the Never Sleep Again, uh, documentary about the. And that's why they cast her. They only cast her because she looks like Meryl Streep. She it wasn't. Happens. She wasn't bad. I just think that's hilarious. So was it like always supposed to be like? I mean, we call it the gay Freddy, but there's certain lines in the movie that are like, when he's talking to his friend, he's like, there's something inside of me. Like, I get, like he's like talking about like something that needs to like be let out. <laughs> he needs to get something out. And like, so, it, I don't know, like, was it always intended to be? I, I, Mark Patton, who plays Jesse, he, um, he stated that he thinks that the role was written as a female in the subgenre instead of actually being written as a guy. A male, yeah. So I think it had female traits to it, from what he says. And on top of the su- like, the biggest scene that kind of has that subtext is the in-, in when he goes into the into the bar with the yeah, yeah. which makes no sense because there's no way if I'm at a bar, whether what I don't care what kind of bar it is, and my gym teacher's there, no one's gonna make me go back to school and run laps. Yeah, like even I, in my I, even in my nightmares. <laughs> that's not gonna happen um Patton he also he, he in another interview he claimed that the Phil's Gabe's subtext was increased throughout the script rewrites as production progressed he said in an interview with BuzzFeed it just became undeniable I'm lying in bed and I'm in a I'm a pita and the candles are dripping and they're bending like I can't even understand what the hell this says go ahead my reader okay so where is it it is oh i'm lying in bed and i'm a pieta and the candles are dripping and they're bending like phalluses and white wax is dripping all over it's like i'm the center (laughs) of a bukkake video (laughs) he has felt betrayed since he knew the filmmakers were aware he was gay but closeted and thus had considerable leverage over him and having him perform a role that combined with his performance as a gay teen and come back to the five in dime jimmy dean jimmy dean the year before led him to being typecast as gay, which called him, which called attention to what he was trying to avoid discussing. It would have forestalled him getting any significant roles in 1980s Hollywood, which sucks, right? That the filmmakers kind of held that against his head. So, so they knew, they knew that he was gay, they but knew he, was he was gay, off, but he was closeted. So they kind of, they kind of leaned on that to make him do whatever they want, I guess. Um, By the way, his parents suck too. Uh, in the movie, oh yes, they do. the father. I think <laughs> yeah, it's the really father. Bad. The father, like in all these nightmare movies, are just fucking brutal. The mom wasn't that bad this time, but he's like, he just accuses. He's like, what? What are you on, Jesse? What are you on? <laughs> like, shut up, man. And yeah. it has it, this movie does have the worst Freddy moment because no one's dreaming, and he just shows up in a barbecue. So that is just pure bullshit. 
Robert, Robert Anglin has come out and said he hates that moment. And all they had to do was just have poor man's Meryl Streep fall asleep. And then they could have made, they could have justified that. But they didn't. By the way, though, um, I don't really like that movie that much. But uh, the scene where Freddy comes out of Jesse is still top notch. Really well done. Where he's yes. like, yeah, it's really. Yeah, it's pretty dope uh, scene. Ugh. And the guy, the the friend was in, was he in Weird Science? What he was in something in the eighties. The other guy, the other guy. I don't remember. I think so. And then um, Robert Anglin actually commented on the quote "unquote gay nightmare." Uh, in an interview in February 2010, Anglin said the second nightmare on Elm Street is obviously intended as a bisexual themed film. It was early eighties, pre-age paranoia. Jesse's wrestling whether to come out or not, and his own sexual desires was manifested by Freddie. His friend is the object of his affection. That's all there is in the film. We did it su- subtly, but the casting of Mark Payne was intentional too because Mark was out and had done Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, and J- Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. So, interesting. Uh, it's so two different exactly on it. Yeah. So, it made money. Yes. Okay, Robert Russell was in Weird Science. Sorry. I have to look it up. And the outside print. of that, I don't think, in this one, I don't think the... Any of the teens were really. I didn't hate any of them, so I think you kind of felt bad for when they. I couldn't really off. tell if they were friends though, like the him and the guy. Like yeah, because the, they fight and then they don't they fight. fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like I was like, are they, are they best friends? <laughs> They're just. There. I'm confused. <laughs> but but maybe I was confused, just like Jesse was confused about his life. Yeah. Wes Craven came back for part three, and it's your second favorite, I believe. Yep. So it's my second or third. I it depends on the day. Um. Came back for Dream Warriors, Patricia Arquette. Was this her first movie? I think so. So she is great in this. I think she's fantastic in this. I like how on Never Sleep Again, they all talk about uh, the black guy. Uh, he, ha- he has, and I'm going to get to it in Dream Master, my favorite line in, yeah. uh, in probably part three and four, because he is hilarious in this scene, but I'll get to it in a second. Yeah, um, he, they all talk about how they had a crush on Patricia Arquette. Like everyone in the cast was like, they, everyone was trying to get at Patricia Arquette. <laughs> what's your? I and I love every single dream sequence in this when they get killed off. I think this is when they started getting really creative with the dream sequences. Um, um, the scene where the where he kills the guy that like the the puppet. The puppet? Yeah, that's yeah, great. that's really good. That's the best one in, in the movie, I think. And I actually think overall, uh, other than New Nightmare, I think it's like the best. Uh, I think it's the most well acted uh, as far as like the ensemble is concerned. It's true. Actually, I'm lying. How can I forget? Welcome to prime time, bitch. That's bitch. That's yeah. That's, that's a the good best. One. That's so good. No, the black guy when he's like when he's calling out Freddy later in the movie. No, that's in he's the like, next movie. He's like, Ruga, put that. <laughs> um. Also, I do like. I don't even know what to call him. Snake Freddy when he's like eating. Oh, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. I think that's really well done too. The only thing I guess I can say that there's an issue with part three is the end where they just have to like put holy water on on Freddy. Oh, I thought you meant what happens to Nancy, which I thought was good. You like that they died? That they killed her? Yeah, I think it, it gives it more of a, like an emotional like you know, and like people, a, more of a hit. You know, so, and this time we don't have um, parents sucking, but poor man's nurse Ratchet is awful. <laughs> <laughs> She's the worst. She's like, give him more hit to settle. Let's drug him. The doctor's not that great either, so I'm not a fan of him either. <laughs> she, that's how she talks. It's like, ah. Um, their their dreams make no sense, even though they're all dreaming the same fucking thing. She's like, ah, no, 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 give him more drug. <laughs> and I like I like poor man Harry Potter. He has that cool dream sequence too. 
I am the Wither Master. <laughs> By the way, he looks you know exactly what? the I same. I like too. whose dream sequence do you like? Whose like dream power do you like the most? I actually like Taryn, even though she doesn't really get to use it much Taryn before he the, like the, before he shoots her up with like yeah, I like all her stuff. too. Well, she just I think she just she doesn't really have a power. It's more like she's just empowered. Right? Becomes a badass. I guess she just becomes a badass, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't care much for the wizard. Uh, I'm Freddie tried to kill him in that chair, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, the black and then Joey Joey's was that he could like talk, I guess. He I think he's the, the one. He's the one that breaks everything at the end. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Talks, which is pretty cool too. And then the black guy has like super strength. Yeah, very. I blame you, like I said, Kincaid. There we go. Kincaid, I love Kincaid. <laughs> um, like, I feel bad calling him the black guy. <laughs> Kincaid. I think he, he gets strong, and then for sure Arquette can do like flips and shit. Stupid. That's silly. She she knows she knows karate. In her dreams. <laughs> and we get to karate in the next one when it gets a little bit fucking silly. Oh, and her mom is awful too, by the way. There is an awful mom. Oh, yeah. Freddy, Freddy kills her, right? Yeah. Uh, he cuts her head off. He yeah, cuts her head off. There you go. But she ends up being alive in the fourth one. She's still there. But, like, uh, yeah. But I think this is... Because it's like he, she, uh, the guy calls her. He's like, Kim, hey, where'd you keep the bourbon? And then, like, it turns out to be him. I think part three is the first one that really gets Robert's comedic or Freddy's comedic side out. Well, that's when I think they started to make him funny, like not works. as not as funny as in like Dream Master, but like they toy with like giving him more of a personality, which works. I think I don't think I think. I think it's and the just... third one was when they introduced the whole like Souls of the Children thing, right? Like they were like in him, like no, yes, a little bit, but they okay. started emphasizing him more later on. Right, 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 right. All right, and yeah, I actually of... like it's it's not only is it a fun movie, I think it's just like a solid movie in general though I, I think it's pretty well done i think it's a second i think second or third oh roger rated. ebert did not like it uh oh, the nerve <laughs> I got he actually doesn't like any of them i don't think i think he liked the first one. Oh, he liked new nightmare oh yes yes and then this is part three is the first time we meet amanda kruger oh yeah the bastard son of a thousand <laughs> maniacs and then and then the story of Kristen continues in nightmare four because i know you love tuesday night Fucking Tuesday night. Work. So here's my thing. Like, if it was well, Patricia Arquette that big a year later, that she's like, I'm not gonna do this. I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know. Um, the the thing with Tuesday night, and I guess why it didn't affect me that Kristen died was because it was Tuesday night. No offense to her, but I'm talking about like the fact that it's not Patricia Arquette. So I feel like it's well. They they talk about that in Never Sleep Again that they didn't really vibe like the guys that were in Nightmare Three, who all get killed off early. Uh, they didn't really vibe with her. Like, they didn't have the same, like, chemistry with her. They say it. Well, and then, like, I mean, you can kind of, like, watching it. I don't really care what happens I do hate her. that Joey and Kincaid die right away, though. I mean, you had to get rid of them first. So, you know. Then, then they get the new the new kids. I do, like I was saying before, Kincaid, when he, like, thinks he, he's dreaming before he dies, and he, like, throws all the cars on Freddy, and he's like, yeah, take that shit has me dying all the time, and then Freddy just comes out of nowhere, stabs him in the stomach. I... By the way, uh, Freddy gets resurrected by dog urine in this movie. Yes, he does, and it just like, explodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing that happens. And then we it's... get our my, I guess, I don't know. Would she be a top screen queen? I like Lisa Wilcox. Like I like Alice. I like Alice a lot. Yeah, I like her a lot. Um, I, uh, I when I wrote the anniversary piece for the fourth one, I actually think that. I don't want to give her a notch above Nancy. I don't think because she doesn't have like the same like 
there's like there's not like an emotional element to that character, but I still think that she's really strong. And I actually like in the fourth one how she starts off as kind of meek and mild, and like she actually when she does take on the traits of all her friends who have passed away, like you believe it, and in like, this... you, like everything that she's kind of adapting, like she makes it believable. And then she uses the power of the Dream Master to release all the souls Freddy has taken. Actually, and I also like the guy who plays her brother. He's cool. He's cool. He goes yeah. out. He goes. He, I don't like the way he goes out. I, I wasn't supposed to go that way either. They they had another death plan for him, but there was like uh, they ran out of money, <laughs> so they did it that way. And then um, and then, uh, Freddy. Freddy. Oh, and then the cockroach, and then the girl turns into a roach or that whatever. Is the that grossest. Is. The grossest yeah. scene ever. <laughs> I just I don't like cockroaches, and the fact when she just has those fucking cockroach legs coming out of her body, it's so gross. disgusting. <laughs> it's so gross. And then, um, and like, like when he's like pushing, like when she's like, uh, she has like the, uh, she's doing the weights, and he's like pushing them down. You're like, like, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my god, they're gonna break her elbows, and then like, then they broke. And then, gross. And then uh, it's so up. gross. It's really inventive, though. Actually, I think out of, like, uh, it's not my favorite cast, but I think it's, like, might be my third or second or third favorite cast. They're, fun. they're all fun, I think. Oh, and then the girl that dies in the classroom, the, the one that suck oh, face. Oh, that has the asthma, the asthma attack. The asthma, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did he say? He's like, what a suck face. Suck face. <laughs> it's like, just like, yeah, it's so gross. And then we get to part five, and then I think it starts, until New Nightmare, it starts really going downhill. I don't like Dream Child. Dream Child. I don't like it at all. <laughs> um, but they do have that cool kill with... Uh, with her boyfriend on the motorcycle. That was pretty cool. Also cool kill when he makes that girl like overeat basically. He like yes. stuffs through down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't was it Kristen's mom in part four where she starts to on delay, on delay. On delay. She does it in the third one too, where oh, she's like so oh, annoying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like outside oh, of Oh, that... fun fact about that woman is that her daughter, because it's I think it's on one of the documentaries, either on Elm Street and probably the Never Sleep Again. Her daughter is in uh, part five, Friday the 13th, The New Beginning. She's the one that gets, uh, she's supposed to get like a knife through the vajayjay. <laughs> she was, that's how she was supposed to die. And uh, I forget, I don't know her character's name in part five, uh, but she is in it. So like she, she has like kind of like Scream Queen connection with her daughter. Oh, cool. Um, there's really nothing else to talk about part five. It's... Oh, and the, and the Hypnocell chick is actually a... Uh, Amy Irving's mother from the the, the, the doctor girl, uh, woman. Oh, okay, in the, okay, yes. And Amy Irving, who was in uh, Carrie. Oh, nice. That's a good pull. Yeah. Um, oh, also with the death in part five that I liked was the comic book death with Super Freddy. Oh, it's so well done. That's so. a really cool death. I don't like Super Freddy. Uh, oh, but I, I like, like Super Freddy. I like the way it looks, but like I don't like Super Freddy. It's weird. <laughs> um, I think outside of that, it's pretty much. Uh, I think that's my five. least favorite Freddy look too. There's something off about his look in Part Five. Um, the reason I don't like it here is because he doesn't have the glove. Uh, it's the the knives are attached to his fingers. Fingers. Yeah, so I don't like that at all. Um, and then we move on to 1991, and I guess this could be considered a retcon because Freddy's dead does not touch on anything else. Nope. And then fucking Lisa Zane is Freddy's daughter. It just wait—is Lisa Zane related to Billy Zane? Yes, they're brother and sister. Oh, they—they've had similar careers, eh? <laughs> Damn. <Nothing. laughs> Damn. Yeah, I said it. You only were in Titanic. There's no—there's nothing good in Freddy's Dead. I don't like it at all. He was also in the 1992 classic uh, "Only You" with Marissa Tomei <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr. It's- 
one of my favorite romantic comedies. Oh, you're trying to make Billy Zane th- uh, happen? He played Damon Bradley uh, for like a couple scenes. Was he the 90s Army Hammer? <laughs> they just keep trying to make him happen. Yeah. But I uh, yeah, going back to Freddy's Dead, I don't I don't like it at all. There's nothing good in it. I think it's the worst one of the franchise. Wait, wait I'm trying to think of something in it I like. Go, um, go ahead. What are you, uh, the John the Johnny Depp uh cameo? cameo? <laughs> no. Um Even the, the way the, Freddy the, dies is stupid. The 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 well, it's not really a cool scene, but like the guy that has like the hearing aid, the way he kills him is kind of fun. Shout out to he's in Back to the Future. Oh he is? Yes, he is. And Back fucking Brecken Myers in uh Freddy's Dead. He's a video game guy, the video game kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like how he dies either, because Fre- and I think that's a fun. That was a fun death, right? I think Freddie by here is just like whatever. I mean Robert Englund, he's just like whatever. <laughs> he's like I'm here for the money. I don't, I don't. There has to be something else good in it, right? There is. Oh, there the is. chick, uh, the 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 blonde hair chick who looks unrecognizable now, uh, that beats him up. Oh uh, yeah, dude, was she the one in the documentary that's like has like that has like that weird girl laying on her? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that girl. Uh. Yeah. I think too many people survive in this one too. Yeah, they only really kill they kill Breck and Meyer. They kill Back to the Future guy, who I just learned is in Back to the Future. Uh, is that it? Oh, and then the other kid, the first kid that like you think is gonna be the star of the movie. And then they kill him off. And they kill him off. Uh, so there's three three people, I think. Like the, was he the psychiatrist, the black guy? They even let they even let Alpha what's his name? Kodo? <laughs> that, the black guy from Alien? They let him live too. <laughs> Why he lived is ridiculous. He should not have lived. Yeah, there should have. He should definitely. Died. And the blonde girl should have died. It should have just had been uh, Lisa Zane. So, but we thought it was over, and then '94 Wes Craven came back, and we have probably my second, like I said, second or third favorite. It's depending on the day. Yeah, depending on the I, day. I, I swap. I swap it in and out with Dream Warriors. It just depends on my mood. It's so good, and it's. I can't, You know the thing? It's. I feel like it's a prequel to Scream. Because I think he was he. This is where he started going in a different direction of how to make horror movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this is, might be like what set the idea going for Scream. Like it was, it was meta before meta was a thing. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think there's so much good in it. And I love the sequence at the end, um, in Freddy's quote unquote lair, and when Freddy first first appear and he just comes out of the closet, he's like, "Miss me." Um, I think that's really sad uh, too. You know what scene I love? I like I love how it all comes together for her where she's like talking to uh John Saxon. Like she's talking to him like he's John Saxon. And then like it's already like in the movie for like it's already the sequence already switched to the movie and like she's talking about like he's like, Why are you calling me John? And she's like, you know, we have to stop him and he's like Freddie. He's like uh, or, or, uh like she's going back and forth between like Talking about Robert England and Freddy, and then like when she finally realizes what she has she to do, she switches off. Yeah, yeah, and, she, and when she's like, I, and he's like, I love you, and then she's like, I love you too, and then she says like, Daddy. Yeah, I think she's and that's when Freddy fully emerges at the end. Yeah, that's so good. And actually, that I think that's Heather Ladykamp, even though she's playing a version of herself. That's the best she's in, like the best acting she does in the whole franchise. I think mm-hmm. I agree. For her, and then for the um, three times she's in it. And I also like the babysitter death in this one in the hospital. Cause it kind oh, of, it's, a call, it, it's a callback to the, like the, the Tina. The Tina yeah, I think it's done really well, and he looks menacing in this. Freddie looks and so little, good. Little fucking Nico Hughes, adorable little kid. Listen. Even though he was like not adorable in Pet Cemetery, he was kind of vicious. I like. I but, like, love Pet Cemetery. Love. Pet yeah, Cemetery. he's so good. I actually just saw Children like, of the I Children like, of the Corn I, for the first time, like last week. I and out of those, because I don't know why I, I correlate Pet Cemetery. 
Uh, um, I I know why I'm afraid of gingers now is after watching Children of the Corn. Oh, it's crazy though. <laughs> is that kid? Um, but yeah, Nightmare. Uh, Wes Craven's new Nightmare is an original great film, and it came out a a year after Jason Goes to Hell, so you knew it could only go up. So you like? Do you like the the ending stuff in the layer? You do like it? Yes, I do. I kind of think that's where I like falls apart. I mean, not fall apart entirely, but I like everything leading up to that more. I, mean, like I, guess I, would say, I guess I would say I don't know how the hell you got a layer, but yeah. outside of that, I think it just looks really cool. And the way they get them off, they kill them off. And I like, I like how they use shades of her real life, because I think uh, Heather Lankenkamp's husband is a special effects artist. Yes. Uh, I, I thought and, it was like, actually him. When they yeah, I thought it was actually him. It's not him. But, like, but like uh, yeah, like they, they use, like shades of her real life i, I kind of wonder how much like i wonder if she ever was like stalked by like any obsessed Probably. fans you know how i mean you know how because you know it happened to daniel harris like in a really scary way for her yeah she talks about it on the halloween documentary yeah and like i just kind of wonder like how much of her real life that he actually used in new nightmare and how much of it is like fiction it's good it's true i mean we'll never know because Wes craven unfortunately is yeah yeah but uh we move on from there, and then we, like I mentioned, Freddy vs. Jason was what it was, and then we get the remake in 2010. Yeah, and... uh, I mentioned it before in our podcast, guys. Do not cast Katie Cassidy in your horror remakes; they won't be good. She's been, <laughs> she's been, in, she's been in three hot garbage. It's crazy, you know. It's bad when Rooney Mara's like, I like disown it. Oh and... yeah, it's so crazy that she's in it. By the way, yeah, she kind of like she took off right after that. <laughs> she's so prestige now like it's hard to imagine her yeah yeah yeah. like she's like an oscar nominee like she took off like right after that movie came out so can we say anything good in it um it's shot well My, i'm i get more annoyed watching this so than i think the, the guy ones. the guy who directed hold on I'm just, real quick i think he directed texas chainsaw remake did he i just want to make sure before i i give Give that information out. I think it's Marcus Nespool. It's a, it's a, it's fifteen percent on Ryan's Tomatoes. Fifteen? Yeah. It's oh, yeah. it's the lower. Actually, it was directed by Samuel. Oh, Samuel. Yeah, Samuel Bear. Bear. Um, but it is from it is from Platinum Dunes. Michael, I see Michael Bay and Andrew Form. He produced all of them, right? Except Halloween. Yeah. So I mean, he tried to make the best out of these remakes. Uh, there, I don't think there's anything good in this. I don't. Uh, my most annoying part is my one of my favorite scenes in the original Nightmare was when Freddy is looking over Nancy, and then she puts the and then she puts a cross on the wall. Yeah, yeah. And this one, they CGI'd it, and it looks fucking ridiculous. So um, Thomas Decker is in this movie. Uh, I've met him four times. Thomas Decker. Uh, no one's, he's not gonna listen to this. He's awful. <laughs> <laughs> what if he does nice. one day? Like, what if we tweet him with this? I'm like, hey, he's listen not to a this nice, He's he's very full of himself, and I I mean, so Thomas Decker. If you don't know who he is, he was also he played John Connor on Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles, and then he was also on Heroes. He was uh, Hayden Panettiere's best friend. Oh, okay. Um, he. Uh, He's just not nice, and I can't believe I I can't believe out of every celebrity I could run into more than once I've met him four times, <laughs> and he is just not nice. Uh, I so so not nice that like I 
could have taken a picture with him on several occasions. And I was like, I do not want to take a picture with him. I do not want to like be associated with him at all. <laughs> and then um, there's the Jackie Earl Haley thing with him as Freddy. I think so. I get I get why they cast him. I understand it. He was big at the time. Yeah, he had just got nominated for an Oscar, right? Yeah, and he had done Watchmen, and he was really big from Watchmen yeah. too. So, so like I get, I get why they cast him. It just didn't. I he's think the too way they small. I, I Robert Englund's tall. He's just Jack, Jackie O'Haley is like Jenny's height, and Jenny's like four foot five. I'm five two. Okay. <laughs> so five two. So right. I, I think there's a someone. Be nice. Best Robert, things come in. Small Robert Englund was very nice as he possibly could be, but he said um, he was quoted as saying Jackie is not big, and I think Jackie's size is really gonna gonna work so he thought it was gonna work because he wasn't so big so but he's uh, he's gone on to shit on the movie and we've spoke about it before how he doesn't like the portrayal of freddy uh oh they make freddy not just a child murderer right they make yeah it's he, like, mo- he molested them and then he, killed he molested them. kids too yeah and they never did that in the Which other ones I, I feel like if we're going to go back to the original i know we've talked about this before i feel like even though they don't say it in the original, it I feel like it's alluded to kind of. I don't know. I don't like, think they ever really. I don't know. I never got that vibe, to be honest with you. I just my, thought he was like, a kid I, killer. I watch a lot of I watch a lot of like true crime TV. That's my that's my thing. <laughs> uh, I watch a lot of uh, investigation discovery, and like a guy is not really. He's not just gonna kill kids. Like there's something else there. So like I feel like. I feel like they wanted to go there and they just didn't. But like it's alluded to. I think maybe he gets off on killing them, but not the actual act of molesting them. Maybe. And like I think I think it's funny that like they don't like that it went there. Like oh that's too dark. Like I mean, it's already dark that you're killing kids. Like I I mean like it doesn't get more dark than that. So I mean, it's dark <laughs> for being a shitty movie. Um, and that, <laughs> and that pretty much killed off the franchise because I have not heard that they're coming out with another one. You know what though? I feel like. I feel like uh, once Halloween comes out and it makes a lot of money, yeah, this there's is gonna next. be discussions. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be some Nightmare on Elm Street discussions. There's gonna be like, you're gonna find like one filmmaker or someone that's like, I really want to like make this scary again, and they'll figure out how to do it. Because it's not like it's not like Friday the Thirteenth. There's not a rights issue. Like it's just there's not there's not a good idea yet. Yeah, and for another movie. And this is a perfect. You know, and I think that's I think that's like. It's it's so crazy because like with all these franchises we get like bad sequel after bad sequel and like we like a lot of my friends are like why do you want like they get Halloween because they 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 see the trailer and they think it's good but they're like why do you want more of these movies if they're not going to be good like do you really want another Friday Thirteenth and like or another Nightmare on Elm Street but like there's a part of me I guess the kid in me that grew up watching these that doesn't want those franchises to just die off. And if you are going to die off, I think it should end on a high note. Like if this and is it the last Halloween, on, it should end on this 2010 remake that we yeah, have on that. I agree. Street. I'd be down for one more, just to like as a a good send off. Like if this is the last Halloween, we'll find out when we watch it. Um, I think seeing the reviews, this will be the send off. You know what I mean? I, right. And my I, thing is too. So Halloween costs 10 million dollars to make. It's going to make that and then some on like opening day. And I just wonder if there's any discussions. About like, do we want to make another one? Well, they, I think, uh, to finish off on this note, David Gordon Green stated that they wanted to film two back to back, just to get the sequel out of the way, right? But they didn't want to get ahead of themselves, 
So what I think, I think what they probably did here, and we'll find out in three weeks, is that they ended it the way they wanted to end the second one and just put, put them both in one just in case, you know, it didn't get the response that they wanted. Well, they didn't have yeah. to worry about releasing a sequel that no one's going to want to watch. So, because like, Jamie Lee Curtis is not going to do this again. I think this is it. Yeah, and we'll. I, but, I talk. I think H two O is solid to an extent, but I think this could be her. This will be her final farewell. I want, but I love how passionate she is talking about it. Like she cares. She seems like she cares more now than she did for H two O. Yeah, yeah. Any other ones that second, any other sequels that she's done, I think she's really behind this one a lot. Agreed. So, and probably because it had more to say than just being a horror movie. Like she really delved into the whole like PTSD aspect of the character and all that stuff too. Like, you know, it's it feels like a good and she's like the cool thing is like she's always talked about how like she will proudly like out of all the movies she's done, she thinks she'll be most known for this movie for Halloween, the original. I mean, she knows it started her career. So it's, yeah, it was like and, you know, and like you know, she. She treats it like it should be treated. It is a classic. It's well done. I mean, I guess if it, if it was Leprechaun, she probably wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> that <laughs> is a perfect segue to end this week's episode. Um, we will be back in two weeks, and we will look at not Leprechaun because we're not that silly. And we will be looking at Friday you the 13th. You want Leprechaun back to the hood? No, I'm good. <laughs> uh, we will be looking at Friday the 13th, and that one will be a lot longer because there is a lot of fucking Friday the 13th movies. Um, and I'll, my hot take is that none of them are great and they are just fun. And that's it. I, there is now one great Friday the 13th and gee, you have two weeks, three weeks to prove me wrong that there's a great entry into that franchise. I think they're, that, I kind of, I think I kind of agree with you that they're all fun. I don't yeah, think there's, a, there's not one great one. So. There's some that are more fun than others. Like I like yes. three and four, yes. three and four, like my like peak. And then we'll, we'll definitely get to that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. for this week's Real Chronicles. Jennifer Ross has left us. She's busy. No, I'm here. She hasn't talked in about an hour. That's not true. Yeah. So what's your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, yeah. If we, we G and I said it. What's your favorite kill? As she looks up all the kills on. She's like looking them up online. <laughs> She's like, what are these kills? Uh, I'm also revamping the website. Uh, but. She's doing work. <laughs> I'm doing work. Um, I don't know what my favorite. She's like, what are the, what are the kills? Or right, well, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite one? Like I think movie. a favorite movie would be the first one. First one? Yeah. I mean, you know what it is? It's so hard, at least from my perspective, right? Like, so I haven't seen, like, in a long time, I haven't seen all of them straight through like that. So I really do have to rewatch a lot of them, toward, especially towards the end. Um, but it's like since we met Robert Anglin at, at the Monster Mania convention that we go to, and he's so nice, and he's so smart, and, like, he's so charming and personable it's like it's kind of hard to watch these movies and like realize that this guy is not like scary and like creepy like he's like such a nice guy that like if you ever get a chance to meet him at a convention do it it. like do it now run he he takes his time with everyone he talks to you he asks i hear that he's very nice to everyone he's so nice he had no reason to have a conversation with me and he drops all these fun facts we talked like five minutes because i had him sign the I have a piece of the hand that he stabbed in part three with the with the to get high that scene. Oh yeah, yeah. So he signed it, and then we were just talking for like five minutes about 
how he did it, how that scene was. And I have a video of it, too. It's like, he's so great. But I'll finish off on this on England. The reason I love him, too, is because he's not just a fan of horror. The guy knows his shit about film. Uh, like film he, in general. I think he's like a real like, cinephile, what they call him. Yeah, Absolutely. So, um, also, I, I watched, uh, we can talk about it more when we do Friday the 13th, but you, off the line, you told me to try to catch the Kane Hodder documentary. That's good, right? I watched it. Yeah, it was really good. And like, I, I, reason I brought it up because we're talking about how nice Robert England is, but everyone had very nice things to say in that documentary about Kane Hodder. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, I, yeah, he's I, really I, nice too. I met Kane Hodder like a few times. He is fantastic. He is so like, he's just really like a nice dude and like just loves what he does. And yeah, and uh, we'll that talk was, about, and we can talk about the controversy about why he didn't do Freddy vs. Jason. So that's a small little teaser for next week. Yeah, two weeks from now. All right, guys. Yeah. See you later. Peace. Peace. Bye.